Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Deuce, Mason, Morgan, Reagan. What a day in the NBA. You had LeBron making history last night. Kings back in action tonight. Trade rumors galore. We got Howard Beck coming up at 1 p.m. I'm Deuce Mason in Sacramento. Morgan Reagan coming to us live from San Francisco this morning because she will be hosting Kings pre and post game tonight on NBC Sports California with Matt Barnes. So they do road games from a studio in San Francisco. Morgan, uh, you can see her in the YouTube feed. She is in her boss's office, but I got to tell you, your boss's office office needs hey. to be cleaned up a little bit. It, it looks like an absolute mess. Like um, you have the worst background I think I've ever seen. Well, one, that's your boss's office, too, because you do work no, with no, no. NBC as Let's well. Let's make, make something clear, okay? Let's make something crystal clear to all the people who oh. are lucky enough for me to grace them with my services. I'm the boss, okay? You they get paid. report You're not. To, to me, okay? That's the reality. Deuce isn't the bar. He doesn't set the bar. He is the bar. Yes. Oh, Chris, I'm not doing this this early. And yes, this is um, one of my boss's offices. Um, let's just say Devin has. If I could Marie Kondo. Oh wait, that's Devin's office. office? Yes. I take everything back. It looks great. You know, <laughs> Devin. Um, I, Devin knows how to really. I like the kid art in the background too. She's really got things working. Well, I like the feng shui. As yeah, yeah, say. yeah. The, yeah. the chaotic energy. Yeah. Too. Great. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so glad you're able to do the show today. Me too. Me too. I, how does everything sound on your on your Honestly, end? it sounds pretty good. I mean, I sound a little better than you for sure. And I definitely look better with the lighting, the camera shot at oh. youtube.com slash Sackdown Sports 1140. But you're here and that's what matters. Well, th- yeah. No, thanks. Th- thanks, Deuce. Uh, we have a lot to go over today on the show. I, I, I want a trade to happen so bad in the NBA. We did get one yesterday involving the Kings, Kessler Edwards landing and set with Sacramento. And I was going back watching the show yesterday to do some time stamping. And I noticed that Adrian in the YouTube chat said, hey, I have a feeling there's going to be a Kings trade during your show today. Adrian was right. So where is Adrian today? That's the question. Well, I think Adrian will chime in if he actually believes a trade okay. will happen during our show today. Otherwise, I mean, we are sounds like we're going to get fireworks tomorrow during our show either way. But oh, I can't I, wait. I, I wouldn't mind to sprinkle a few in today so then we're not super chaotic tomorrow. Well, let's uh, reflect back on last night. I, as a basketball fan, we're obviously both big hoops junkies, right, Morgan? We're yes. watching games all the time. Watching that game last night, there was something exciting about not only the game being on, but I love that they put the target for LeBron in the upper right corner, just so you know what was happening. And it was just such a bizarre game. One, so many celebrities. You had players from the NBA there because I, the Mavs are in town to take on the Clippers. You had Clippers mm-hmm. players there. You had Bucks players because they play the Lakers coming up on Thursday. So a ton of NBA people, you had major celebrities, Kareem in the building. So there was just like so much on the line, like hopefully LeBron breaks it tonight. All these people are here. He ends up breaking it. Where do we start with this game? It was such a weird one. Number one, LeBron makes history, such an incredible accomplishment, but they did lose the game. 
let's start with the vibe of the game because I was telling you how much I was laughing while watching this game because not once did it feel like, hey, we're watching a basketball game where two teams are really trying to get that W tonight. We were watching a game that was being played for one reason and one reason only. And that reason was to see LeBron James score the damn basketball. And that's exactly what he was doing. And then when he wasn't scoring the basketball and someone wasn't passing it to him or someone had a turnover trying to pass it to him, you could hear the energy of the crowd just go, oh. Well, let's hear that. Let's hear that moment last night from uh, TNT. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James, a shot in history, and there it is! LeBron stands alone! The NBA's all-time scoring record now belongs to LeBron James. Man, Brian Anderson calling some big-time games recently. He was on the call for this. He was on the call for when Steph Curry set the three-point record at Madison Square Garden. He was on the call, I think, for some of Aaron Judge's moments this year. Guy's calling some big-time moments. He called that one last night, and they stopped the game. It was kind of bizarre to see a game just stop with like 10 seconds to go in the third quarter. And they're like, all right, let's go ahead and bring people up. We got Kareem here. Magic's here. Hey, Adam Silver, come on. Hey, Kareem, go grab a ball. LeBron, your family's here too. It was really cool. And obviously, it's got to be a little weird for both teams, but that moment, if you're just a basketball fan – who has seen LeBron's journey throughout this long run in his NBA career. It was a really cool moment last night. Just going into this game, I remember thinking about like, oh, they're going to stop the game. You know, it's going to be weird when they do stop the game. I not only did the timing of when he made the shot actually turn out to be great, but I love, I love everything that went down for that moment. I loved the genuine emotions, the the family love, the, you know, just recognizing greatness. And I felt like it was one of those moments that not only if you were there, did you get to witness that in person, but you felt it online too, on Twitter and everything where everyone just felt together and connected because of this, this, this magic moment in NBA history. It definitely was a magical moment. It also had, like Jason was saying just a bit ago, at the beginning of the game, it kind of felt like Kobe's final game. I'm watching it going, all right, LeBron, you could score 36 points just by playing your game. So let's not force this like it was Kobe's final game where everyone was like, yeah, just go for 60, Kobe. Like everyone's like, this game doesn't matter. Final game of the season. This game did matter last night, right? Okay, seeing the Lakers trying to fight for positioning, both teams trying to make the playoffs in the Western Conference, the game did matter. So it felt like they settled down. LeBron took over in that third quarter, broke the record. They stopped the game. It felt like it was like 10 minutes. LeBron drops an F-bomb. What was great about it is uh, I think there was a video from earlier this year I saw on social media where some fan courtside was like videotaping LeBron, talking to him during like a stoppage and play, and asking if he was going to cry when he broke the scoring record. And he said, no, you know, something about crying for a title. It was clear, like, the emotions got to him. I think it was a realization of, like, wow, I was this super hyped high school player with games Mm -hmm. on ESPN. Everyone saying I'm going to be one of the greats of all time. So much pressure on me. And 
I've lived up to the hype in every way. Like, he's done it. And here he is in Los Angeles where so many great players have come and played and all part of, like, championship teams, you know, with the points totals in the NBA. There's a ton of Lakers in the mix there with Kobe and Kareem. Like, it, it was a big-time moment. I felt like he was overcome. He, he dropped an F-bomb last night on TNT. Well, one, loved, blah, 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 the F-bomb, you know, speaking to so many of us that yeah. curse all the time. Two, I loved the raw emotions from him, the crying. Um, you could tell he just couldn't keep it together. And there's so much crap over the years LeBron has done off the court, on social or whatever, that we're just like, what? man, be great. Why are you, what are you doing? And it's moments like this really getting to recognize the greatness that we've witnessed for so long with LeBron and still witnessing, by the way. And I think there was just so many cool things about it too. him wearing the headband. Obviously he scored his first bucket in the league with the headband on. He um, had this big crowning moment with the headband on as well. And then you got to see the Nike commercial with the, we are all witnessing greatness. You know, that was just such a huge part of Nike's marketing when LeBron came into the league and now when LeBron is breaking records like this and the fact that he's doing it at such a high level and it doesn't feel like let's get hey hey you guys let's pass LeBron the the basketball at the bottom of the by the hoop so he can just uh get this scoring record it's like no he is doing this at an elite level oh yeah yeah it wasn't like the old guy was getting buckets. It's like, hey, come yeah. on. Hey, everyone get out of his way. Let him take this shot. I mean, yes. he's he's going strong to the cup. He's finishing. Guys, unbelievable. I saw some crazy stats today on social media. If LeBron quit today, Durant would need 469 games of 25 plus per game to pass him. Curry would need 689 games of 25 plus to pass him. Mm. And Luka would need nearly 1,200 games of 25-plus to pass him. Um, although Cam Thomas would only need 936 games of 40-plus to become the all-time leading scorer. And Cam Thomas is tracking that at this hour. Um, what about Keegan Murray? Keegan, well, Ooh, Keegan's definitely point. passing it. We didn't even know him. I mean, Ke- <laughs> Keegan's the next in line, right? There's no doubt about it. I think, seriously, with, with the record, so many people today are like, can anyone break it? You know, when Kareem had the record... Nearly 40 years ago, I don't think anyone thought it was going to be broken, right? And LeBron did it. Can someone else do it? Sure. I guess anything's possible, especially with how many guys can shoot it from three. And LeBron, when he first came into the league, teams weren't shooting threes as much, right? And LeBron's not really known as like some elite three-point shooter anyway. But what LeBron's done... (laughs) Every single year in the NBA yeah. Yeah. for this long, this good. Usually we talk about guys who are like 20 years in and it's like, hey, it's it's great. They're still going. Yeah, give it up. Like Kobe, Vance, you know, ah, they, they can still score. They can still have a night. LeBron's doing this still every night. He's averaging 30 a game right now. Dude, and think about all the people over the years that have complained about, um, you know, resting stars. And, and look at LeBron he's able to have some rest. He's able to have long, long post seasons and he's able to not only make history last night, but do for the most part, 
stay really healthy out there, right? Yeah. It's only been in these last couple of years that we've seen some of those um, bad injuries kind of come along, but he's truly playing at this high level still. I, I wish a game like last night would motivate him to keep playing like that night in and night out, but his body is catching up to him. He can't run in transition like that against the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, against, and then against uh, uh, another elite team or even a good defensive team in this league it's just not going to be the same and it's understandable well we have a jam-packed show for you today yeah we do we got to talk about the king's final game of the road trip also final game before the trade deadline for the kings could a big trade happen during this show today we will find out we'll talk about the latest trade buzz Kyrie had some crazy things to say. Dallas is popping off a little bit after this Kyrie trade. They're kind of feeling themselves. They got Mark Cuban talking about the greatest backcourt duo in the league. They even played a game together. I got Jason Kidd talking about championships. It's insane. Plus, Harrison Barnes had some things to say about his future. We got a jam-packed show. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Sports. Westbrook with it. Give it to LeBron at the right elbow. LeBron, one on one against Kenrick Williams. Backing him in. Shoots. Scores. There he is. Oh, hail the new king in town. Young and old gather round from one iconic Laker to another. You now pass up Kareem Abdul Jabbar. I know what my attitude would have been. Does this now make you the greatest player of all time? Are you now the GOAT? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to let everybody else, uh, you know, decide who that is or just talk about it. But it's great. It's great barbershop call, uh, talk. You oh, know, for no, me, I, I want to hear you say listen, it, Listen, Big Fella, listen, Big Fella. I, I, I want to hear you say it, Bron, Bron. Me personally, say it, bro. I, me personally say it with you know, your I'm chest, Bron, I'm going to take myself. I'm going to take myself <laughs> against anybody that's ever played this game. Um, you know, but everyone's going to have their favorite. Everyone's going to, you know, decide who, they, who, who their favorite is. But um, I know what I've brought to the table. I know what I bring to the table every single night and, and what, I can, what I can do out on this floor. So, um, you know, I always feel like I'm the best to ever play this game. But, you know, there's so many other great ones, and I'm happy to just be a part of their, uh, part of their journey. There's LeBron James on TNT after becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Of course, that comes up. We can't even let a guy have a moment. We got to be like, all right, coming up now. Let's talk about who's the GOAT today. Is it MJ? Is it Kobe? Is it LeBron? Who's the best Laker of all time? Is LeBron considered an all-time Laker great? Here, I, I can't stand the greatest of all time debate. Because to me, okay. I don't know how you measure it. I watched Jordan growing up. That's it. Jordan's great. Jordan's great. I, I'm wearing an MJ shirt today. It's no shade. LeBron, he's the king. It's so difficult to compare eras. I didn't grow up watching Kareem. All I know is seeing Kareem, seeing his accomplishments, looking at the numbers, that guy has a case for being one of the greats yep. of all time. Just appreciate these guys. It's a different era. They, they can all be great. It's okay. We don't have to say, there's the guy at the top. I think it's so – yeah. No, Deuce, that's exactly what it is. Now, I understand back in the day why people would have more of this debate because there was only so many eras and there was only, you know – so many ways that you consumed the game and even got to know some of these individual athletes. And I think now you factor into getting to know these athletes on such a different 
personal level because of social media, because of the resources um, that we have today. And that alters how people look at greatness when really I can't sit here and tell someone like, no, that shouldn't alter your way of thinking of how they are on the floor. But at the same time, it's going to. And people can have these debates. I think it's weird. Um, But sometimes I think when it can be playful and fun and you can like just have your little back and forth going back and forth of why you think someone is great, that's when it's healthy. Who do you like better, though? Be honest. (laughs) You, You already know. I don't know. LeBron? Oh, yeah. I've always, but, but, but that's, that's also fine. because I wasn't like in the 90s with Michael Jordan. You know, I wasn't the kid trying to. You were out playing basketball. I was a nerd watching games as a kid. That's what you're right. trying to say. You're trying to say I was, you were outside working on your game. I was like, hey, I want to stay in my room. My parents are doing drugs right now. That's what you were saying is what. <laughs> Okay. By the way, I'm Deuce. That's Morgan. Morgan sounds a little different today for the people listening on the radio or on the app. She's in San Francisco today because she's hosting Kings pre, half, and post on NBC Sports California. Kings and Rockets final game of a seven-game road trip. So Morgan is in her boss's office in San Francisco doing the show. You can watch the show at youtube.com slash Sports 1140 Appreciate everyone in here having fun. People getting into the MJ LeBron debate in the chat Ooh. at this hour. If you're there, we should get to 100 thumbs up like right now. All right, so hit the thumbs up. All it does is help our channel grow so more and more eyeballs, the more thumbs up, the more people who aren't familiar with this channel get to see it and find out that, hey, we, we got live and local from 6A to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Um, Morgan, yeah, it was it was a great night last night. There was definitely yeah. some weirdness, of course. Everyone's starting to pick apart Anthony Davis's reaction last night. Everyone's standing, and he goes and sits down as LeBron makes a shot. He looked like he was not in it. In fact, watching that game last night, I was like, oh, is 80 out tonight? Oh, wait, you just don't notice him. I, I feel like something was going on with Anthony Davis when I was watching that game last night. Like, maybe just mentally not there. Maybe he's going through some stuff. There was that clip TNT played with... He and LeBron on the bench. LeBron's like, hey, I love you, bro. So hopefully everything's all right with AD. It just didn't seem seem right to me. Yeah, and obviously because we have every camera angle in the world to watch this on a historic night in the NBA, we got to dissect it. And and especially if you're on Twitter, like so many people were dissecting the body language, body language doctors out there. And God, do I love it because, sure, sometimes it's you want to make sure that on a personal note, everything's okay in Anthony Davis's life. But then when you look at it from the basketball side, you do break it down a little bit more and you go, oh, does he not like the the game and the attention being on this? Or are there more things going on behind the scenes um, with this team right now? You know, I said it when we were just talking with Jason Ross, Woj was tweeting out about, uh, Darvin Ham and Russell Westbrook at the half having uh, a little a little argument. Can I ask what, I why is that such a yeah, Morgan does love drama and she I loves love seeing Lisa Renna courtside last night watching love. that game because you know Lisa apparently a huge and huge NBA fan right own it honey I see yeah. is that like an inside okay I don't even know what that means you're talking about what Woj reported today about Westbrook and Darvin Ham getting into it at the half here's what Woj put out there on social media Russell Westbrook and coach Darvin Ham had a brief, heated, verbal exchange in the halftime locker room on Tuesday. Ham expressed frustration with how 
Westbrook lingered on the playing floor after getting subbed out of the game late in the second quarter. Voices were raised in the locker room, but discussions turned back to trying to win the game. Ham closed the game with Westbrook, who had a season-high 14 points in the fourth. Ham and Westbrook dapped up prior to leaving the arena later in the night. By the way, does Woj know what dapped up means, or did someone help him craft that tweet? I 100% don't think he's ever said, hey, let's dap up. Like, Woj is saying that? Stop it. I just read that. I went, man, It's why is this even being reported? Like, do you understand how many times in sports or in NBA locker rooms guys get a little heated? It's not like Darvin Ham and Westbrook came to blows or pushing and shoving. You got two guys who are highly competitive mm-hmm. talking things out. It gets a little heated sometimes. I don't think it was a big story at all. Well, I could either relate this and compare it to um, some real housewives personalities, but I won't because not a lot of people would understand. Yeah, yeah, where no, they I was would not. Going. Yeah, exactly. So I won't do that. But why it is, why it's being reported, Deuce, is because of the caliber of player that we are talking about here. And it's Russell Westbrook. No matter what he is on the floor right now, what he is in the NBA, and what he has been, especially in this last year when it comes to the drama um, involving the Los Angeles Lakers and the movements that they want to make and having him come on or off the bench, these updates on what has happened or what goes on behind the scenes or in the locker room with his head coach, Darvin Ham, and himself, they're important because especially with the trade deadline Morgan, coming up. What? This is what the chat is saying. This is a what? classic DMZ story. That's what it is. It's fun to talk about. It's like a little rumor thing, something people like. It's really not that big of a deal. You, Morgan, you've played sports at it. a high level. You finished second in a state title race at Jinjuko Ball. I mean, th- yeah. there's nothing bigger than that. You know, nothing, nothing bigger. Come on. You know, you're going to get into it with teammates. Sometimes you may get into it with coaches. It doesn't mean much. I feel like it's being painted as if like, oh, this proves there's disconnect in the locker room. It's like, dude, it's Westbrook. He's a difficult personality. Anyone can watch a game and see he's challenging to deal with. I can watch a game and see Beverly, who's not going to be in the league next year. He he's challenging to deal with. It's going to happen sometimes. I I mean, Dude, okay, I mean, I, it would have been a story. Painted. It would have been a story had there been more coming off the heels, like, oh, he refused to go back in or this. He went in the game, and he scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. What's the story? The story is exactly it. It's what kind of player he is in the NBA. The drama around him, Deuce. Like, that's what the story is. People love this about him. If you were telling me this about... Alperin Shangun. Like, I'm not gonna care that much. I'm gonna be like, oh, Shangun's getting a little in little arguments Ooh. in Houston. Yeah, like everything sucks over there. I don't blame him. You know, like you wouldn't think much of it. But because it's Hollywood, it's Los Angeles, it's the Lakers, it's Russell Westbrook, it's all the drama going around this season with the Lakers. It's fun. That's all it is, people. It doesn't mean that it's any more than what it is in that tweet. So that's why with it being reported, I say thank you, Adrian Wojnarowski. Bum, bum, bum. All right, coming up next. I'm just kidding, Morgan. You don't have a clock in front of you. It's fine. Don't don't get mad at me. I, I can tell. I don't even know what you look like right now, but I can tell you you're just you're upset with me. You're looking at Own me. Own it, doing honey. It. All right. <laughs> 
Coming up next, we got to talk some Kings. Harrison Barnes had some things to say about his future in Sacramento. If you guys have thoughts, too, on everything that has unfolded in the NBA, the trade deadline coming up, you can hit us up in the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash Sports 1140 Also, hit us up. Use your voice, 1-800-920-1140. It's Deuce and Mo live and local on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Town Sports. Can you believe one year ago today, I was shaking. I was looking at my phone going, wait, is this for real? I had to put it down because I didn't believe it. I needed time to process it. It was a huge trade Monty McNair made is when he traded Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis this day a year ago. Can you believe it's been a year? That is wild to think about. One year year ago kind of feels like it's been longer now does it yeah at this at this very moment in time that i'm saying it yes it does feel like it's been longer it feels like i mean think about what has gone down with the kings since that trade has been made like we had to sacrifice something so great on and off the court to make this team into what it is today we had to we we yeah we obviously decided uh, as a kings fan base we voted and that's why the trade happened obviously there you go. Uh, we'll be talking about that uh today harrison barnes had some comments today uh, jason anderson from the sacramento Bee did a story he's on the road as the kings are wrapping up a seven game road trip against the rockets tonight and there's been so much talk about the trade deadline harrison barnes has been in trade rumors for how long like i think since he Ever. got to sacramento people were like yeah, they're they're thinking about trading him. Um, mm-hmm. Not we haven't heard his name as much this year, and I think the reason being he's on an expiring deal. The Kings are trying to be a playoff team, and he's been pretty impactful for this team this year. Anyway, uh, to the beat today, he says at this point I'll probably be in trade rumors until I retire. So it's just one of those things that's part of life. You don't really pay too much attention to it. At the end of the day, I'm happy with what we've done this season. I just want to continue to build on that. Uh, Barnes would not say if the Kings have offered a contract extension or if he would be willing to stay in Sacramento given the team's current success. He referred those questions to his agent. So that's more of a Jeff Schwartz question. Uh, He said him and Monty can figure all that stuff out, but I think just being in the situation after having sweat equity in this, I think obviously me, Fox, the only two from when I got here, me, Fox, and Holmes being through a couple of different cycles. I think it's just rewarding to be a part of this group, and hopefully we can continue to build on that. I'm here. Those things are out of my control. Whatever they put on the table will go from there. Um, Jason Anderson did reach out to Jeff Schwartz. He said, HB told me to call. Jeff Schwartz's agent says nothing to report on my side other than Harrison enjoys playing for Sacramento. Uh, he was asked again if he's open to a contract extension and if he wants to remain in Sacramento given the team's turnaround this season. He says, well, those are big questions. But the biggest thing coming into the season we talked about is just staying present. Coach and I, before the season, obviously going into the last year of my deal, it was just like, look, let's take a day-by-day and see what happens. Just try to be the best we can as a group. That message doesn't become more clear until you start going forward. You're just like, what are we really focusing on? What do we want to do? So that's still the mentality, whether it's a contract or whether it's where we're at in the rankings or the postseason. Whatever it is, it's just a matter of let's just stay focused uh, each and every day. So a lot to unpack there. What's your reaction to some of that from Harrison Barnes? 
first, the um, obviously his agent saying stay present. LeBron James was wearing a stay present um, pin or something last night on his outfit, just so we would all know that. Um, I just thought that was a fun fact. The other thing is, because this story is being told, I would say the whole Harrison Barnes chatter about is he staying, is he going, I never know what to feel, what to think about this. Um, I do believe he likes being in Sacramento. Um, uh, I know, I think a lot of us know this too, about like his wife. They have uh, a place in the Bay Area. She has a business there and everything, you know. So like there's those things that can factor in when we talk about where Harrison Barnes maybe wants to be in his future. But I also do really like that he understands that he will probably be in trade conversations for the rest of his career. And that's true. Yeah, I just look at some of the stuff he said. He talked about having sweat equity, and it's true. I mean, when you've been through a lot of bad times here, when they traded for him at that deadline, that deal with Justin Jackson, Zach Randolph being traded to Dallas, and they got Harrison Barnes – a lot of people felt like at the time, maybe that was the Kings like missing piece to propel them into the playoffs, right? They surprised everyone with how they were playing. They need a veteran piece. Let's get a wing. We desperately need some size at the position. Let's get a guy who's still in his prime, who's been around, who shows the ability to score the basketball. But the Kings end up falling apart. They won 39 games. We know what has happened since then. Now things are going well. They're winning, right? They, they've won 30 games already this season, and we're not even at the All-Star break yet. So I think part of it, it's like, yeah, just stay present in the moment. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot that can happen between now and April, right? Yep. Like, let's see where the Kings finish. And as far as bringing Harrison Barnes back, if I'm the Kings, if it's a, if the deal is right, yeah, it may mean changing his role. Maybe in the future he becomes a bench guy because I do think if the Kings are going to take a next step – in the future, they're going to have to become more athletic. They're going to have to have more length in that wing power forward position. Well, yeah, which is it's so surprising whenever we talk about tweaking that position and making it better because I think that's a problem that so many other teams have in this league, tweaking that position specifically and especially evolving that position because of where the modern day NBA keeps going, you know, having those long lengthy guys that can um, be utilized in so many different roles. And I think for Harrison Barnes, we don't give him the love that he deserves at times. Like even when he has just a solid game, it's like, yep, that's what you're supposed to do. Still not easy to just have a solid game in the NBA. And it's like you were just saying, Deuce, when he was first brought here to Sacramento, everyone thought that that was going to be the missing piece. What his role was going to be was going to be very dominant into being like the top three guys um, and being, you know, a big three, however the hell the NBA people wanted to actually identify it. And now you're realizing, too, not only when he was with the Warriors, what he did so great was being in the role Mm. of not having to be that guy, of having to just do his job, blue collar, get your stuff done, get in, get out, and that's your life, that's your role. I feel like that's going to be Harrison Barnes at a high level for the rest of his career. Give him the ball, let him get to the free throw line, get a big bucket. Yeah, Mm. I like HB, so... You know, I, I didn't anticipate, like, he was going to come on. But, yeah, I want to be in Sacramento forever, blah, blah, blah. I think he is 
literally one of those guys that, especially with reporters, he's not going to give you much. I mean, no. hey, we've got to keep working hard. We, we, we have one mission. We're locked in. That's kind of what you expect. we got to talk more about this Kings final game of the road trip and then the big games coming up this weekend against Dallas Friday and Saturday night. Luca is in L.A. with the Clippers. I, I think I said yesterday, I don't think he's playing against the Clippers. I'm not for sure, though. So he may okay. play. He may make his return Friday or Saturday Ooh. against the Kings, which would be insane. We got a lot to get to. It's Deuce and Mo. It's Sacktown Sports. and Mo on your local sports leader. Town Sports. Hey, it's Juice Mason and Morgan Reagan. We're on Monday through Friday, 11 to 2, right here on Town Sports. Always live on YouTube.com slash Town Sports 1140 with all the deuce bags and morons. Appreciate you guys being here. If you're in the chat, hit that thumbs up button. Let's get that to 200 thumbs up. We got a lot to get to on the show today. We have Howard Beck, one of the best NBA scribes in the biz. UC Davis product. He's going to be with us live at 1 o'clock unless something big breaks, and he might have to back away. Ooh. But if something big breaks, we don't care. We're going to keep it rolling on our end because the NBA's trade deadline, this time tomorrow, we're like 24 hours, 17 minutes away from it being done, Morgan. Damn. Right, we're going to react live to every deal as it happens. I love my favorite part is reacting live to the small, small, small trades that you barely know. Um, For me on deadline day, I am the type that it doesn't matter the deal. You know this. I will break down the smallest of smallest deal. It's no that that's the thing about you. That's the difference about you from me. I'm built different. Yeah. No, your ability, your ability to click and understand and know exactly why the trade was made, whether it was for cap space, whether it was for, you know, because luxury tax reasons, or if it was because there's a roster spot open or hell, you might even know the, the, the player and how to describe their game, you know? Yeah. And sometimes for me, I'm like, I, I need a few highlights. I remember this name, but I don't remember how he plays. I, the, the way you're talking about me, just to be clear, it sounds no. like, Hear me out. It sounds like you're calling me the basketball mind. <laughs> you're saying I know CBA, I know personnel, I know players, I know contract status, I know draft picks. That's Woj doesn't have my level of depth. Uh, um, I would say no. That that's too far, Deuce. Too far. If people in the chat even are admitting it, Cameron Jasu, they're all both saying, "Yeah, basketball mind." That's what you're describing. So I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. Morgan, with the NBA's trade deadline coming up tomorrow, Kings on the final game of a road trip, I wonder how distracting it is for players around the league. I wonder for Sacramento if it's a little distracting. They're trying to do something that's pretty crazy. They have beaten the Rockets three times this year. Mm-hmm. Each and every one of those games, they've won by 20 or more. The Rockets, in their franchise history, have never lost to a team four times in a row in a season by 20 or more. So Ooh. that's crazy. This this point spread is eight at this point, which is kind of crazy end of a road trip. But we haven't heard a ton of names in Kings rumors. It's kind of the same stuff. Expiring deals, Rashawn Holmes. How much of a distraction do you think that is, like headed into a game like tonight or not I, a big deal? 
Oh, I totally think it's a distraction. I think even if we're sitting here and going, yeah, but these guys deal with it all the time. And so they have to, you know, they have to get their mind right and just figure it out. Completely understand that. We want everyone to stay mentally strong. Yes, that is what we want from these athletes, of course. But at the end of the day, there's so many more fringe NBA players that you never know when your organization or your GM is just done with you and is ready to make an adjustment. And sometimes it's not all you. We talked about Spencer Dinwiddie's comments the other day before that trade was even made, you know, talking about how like, yeah, if you're in trade conversations, that just means um, there's teams that value you and your play. And I absolutely agree with that. But then there's all that stuff that off the court stuff for these athletes, like thinking about having to move your family, having to move places, having to move just the moving aspect, the new life, the new city. There's so many other things that come into play that, yes, I do believe that it's a distraction, especially if you've been on the trade fringe for a while. Yeah, and I just – maybe it's less likely to impact the Kings, right, just from the standpoint that some of the guys that are mentioned a lot in trade rumors, Rashawn Holmes, he's not really playing, right? Like, it's not like key guys stressing about it. Last year at this time, Fox was, like, not playing. It was like, is Fox getting moved? Yeah. The Kings are going to make a big move. Everyone was talking about the Kings are going to be one of the more aggressive teams at the deadline. So I feel like everyone was on edge. Where this time around, I don't think most people think the Kings are going to make some giant move. I think it's going to be like, hey, can we turn this bench piece into a position of need that can help us? You know, I don't think it's going to be super crazy where it's distracting the whole locker room. But who knows? Goose, if yeah. if if I was a player and my GM was Monty McNair and one year ago today, I had to deal with, you know, a player that I really enjoyed playing with that is really good. You wouldn't think this organization would trade him and he was traded. I would think anything could happen at, at the end of the day. It's in the back of my mind. Ooh, whether are I you saying to be there or are not. you saying Monty McNair is ruthless? that even if no i just think also people make so much of like when teams go hey this team doesn't plan on moving this player they don't intend on trading tyrese Mm. halliburton it's like plans change man like this is plans change. come on like it just because there's smoke screens in the media doesn't mean it's real there is so much misinformation during this time of the year uh, during NBA free agency, this is where it's all at, right? You got agents leaking stuff. You have opposing teams leaking stuff. There's a report today that some people don't want to deal with the Nets right now because they don't want to help them keep Kevin Durant. Like, Ooh. there's a lot of crazy stuff happening that's put out there at this time, and it's up to us to go, uh, I don't know what's real. Well, I guess we'll just find out tomorrow. Yeah, well, hopefully, I wonder if the Nets are looking now to even trade uh, Cam Thomas for some key Dude, pieces because that guy is just what? on a tear. He's in his second year. He had amazing summer league. Here's my thing. Yeah. How dumb are the Nets? <laughs> I'm sorry. If you have a guy that's just not really playing in out of your rotation off your bench that can come in and give you 41 nights, oh, that's a cute story. This is not happening in April against bad teams with them being out of the lottery. Cam Thomas has three straight games of 40 or more. Yep. That's insane. That's not like, a, oh, you just brushed it aside. Hey, hey, you know, end of season, this guy just got hot. No, he's being efficient. 
he's a bucket getter. And he's always been one, but to see him do it at this level in three straight games, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, there's like only two rookies that have ever had consecutive 40 point games and, or or he's like the second rookie to ever do it. And LeBron James is like the other one, you know, and um, not to act like he's the next LeBron James, just because he's having some 40 point games. But at the same time, it is so interesting. And just to be clear, Morgan, because I kept doing this too yesterday. I keep thinking he's he's not a rookie he's in his second year in the NBA oh I'm sorry okay okay sorry so I, I it's not rookie it's youngest it, yeah, it yeah. was youngest it's not rookie it yeah. was youngest uh uh second youngest player to have 40 uh point consecutive games and LeBron James was the first one to do it but um was the first youngest I guess but either way though you look at Cam Thomas and his ability to play this game at a high level. And how many times, Deuce, have we talked about situations and it being so situational for so many players? He wasn't going to see this time, most likely, with Kyrie and KD playing. KD was obviously hurt. Kyrie um, was was still playing when he started seeing more playing time, but then was having that drama kind of unfold with asking for a trade and everything. And that's when his 40 point game started going off his last three games, 43 points on 11 of 23, 47 on 15 of 29, 44 on 16 of 23. He has more 40 point games this year than Kyrie, Trey young, John Morant and Zion. That's kind of crazy to think about. You throw those names out there. I mean, three 40-point games from a young player, second-year player is just a big deal. But to do it three games in a row, I ask you this, Kings fans, could you imagine? Could you imagine what we would be doing in Sacramento if Keegan Murray had three straight 40-point games? It would be wall-to-wall. Is he the GOAT? Could could he be the best player in Kings history? What's this Mm -hmm. mean? Is he the guy? Franchise it would be wild in Sacramento. I just think it's crazy that the Nets have this guy who is, by the way, his minutes have been down this year. Yes. Comes in and it's been, it's been really incredible. And I know he's not going to get those type of shots. He's probably not going to get 29 shot attempts or something, you know, with that team at full strength. But, you know, when you're looking for offense from somebody to have a guy like that, a young guy like that, that's big time. Hell yeah, it is. No, and um, if you're the Nets, I understand why um, people are trying not to make them better, especially if they are going to put it out there that, hey, this whole KD situation, we don't know if we're trading him or not. I mean, they're getting a lot of teams reaching out to them saying, we'd give up this, this, and this, and this for KD, and where they might not even end up trading KD. There's, it's, always interesting to me because I always hear two very opposite sides like the Nets aren't seriously going to trade someone as good as KD and then you hear the other chatter it's like maybe it's not up to them maybe it's KD that doesn't want to be there too to be clear it's a hundred percent up to them it's about what they're willing to do if 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 KD's like I don't want to be there do they want to go too bad you're under contract suck it up and let's figure this out be a professional or are they like you know what that's fine. We'll go in a different direction. We'll sell high right now. Um, I, I And I sell high. I mean, compared to – he's not obviously the guy he was four years ago, whatever, right. before the injury. He's still awesome, though, and he's gonna, going to get older. So if you wait until next year or the year after, that becomes a little more challenging. 
Yeah, I don't know what to make of this Kevin Durant stuff. I really don't. I mean, I, I, I you know, if you're in the front office, are you a little more like, hey, I mean, Cam Thomas has dropped 40-plus in every game. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a guy there, and we can trade Durant, get some players back, and kind of reshape this thing into more of a team like it was when yes. Sean Marks took over, right? Like, they had Jared Allen, D'Angelo Russell. They were this fun up-and-coming team with Kenny Atkinson, and then they made a drastic change. And when you add Kyrie and then Durant missing that year, it, it changed the dynamic. So, I don't know. And that's what's wild about this deadline is that we're having a conversation going, uh, Durant could get moved. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Could they just add to the team and become better? Also, I think it won – I know we got a lot of trade stuff to get to in the show, mm-hmm. but there's an element that's being put out there that maybe the Spurs and Raptors are talking about a trade where Jakob Pertle could go to Toronto for Gary Trent Jr. And I'm going, if the Raptors are trying to add Pertle to me, they're trying to compete this year. Are they trying to do something bigger where they land Durant, get Pertle, kind of reshape things on the fly and make a move in the East? I don't know. A lot to go over. We have so much next hour to talk about. NBA trade rumors galore. Coming up at 1, we got Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated. Also, it's a one-year anniversary of the big trade. It's a bonus for Halliburton. We'll talk about that next on Sacktown Sports. and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. The YouTube feed is popping. We got Deuce Bags and Morons galore. The movement continues. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. If you're driving around right now, yeah, live and local. From 6A to 6P, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, each and every day from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. You can always hit us up, too, not only in that chat, but also 1-800-920-1140. I'm Deuce Mason. I'm in Sacramento today. Morgan joins us live from San Francisco at this hour because she's hosting uh, Kings Television tonight. NBC Sports California, Kings pre and post for Kings and Rockets. Their final game of a seven-game road trip. We've been talking about LeBron James setting the all-time scoring record in the NBA. And we got some breaking news at this hour, Morgan. Don't, don't tease. It's not, I'm not teasing this. I just have confirmation. Andrew Lopez from ESPN reports that Zion Williamson will not play in the next three games. He will not play in the All-Star game. So... It's significant for a couple of reasons. Uh, Williamson is going to be reevaluated once again after the break. This hamstring injury is lingering. So that's just from that standpoint, that's a big deal for the Pelicans, right? Like he is, he was playing well. The Pelicans are playing well. The hammy comes up and that's an issue that can linger for a minute. But as far as the all-star game itself, Curry's not playing in the game. Now Zion's not. This sounds like De'Aaron's going to get in, and uh, I, I anticipate we'll have an announcement on that in the next day or so. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox. Maybe today, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, De'Aaron Fox, let's just mention it now then. Um, he is an all-star, a Whoa. 2023 uh, NBA all-star, and he deserves it, you know, even before these injuries. You're calling it right it. now. Calling it now. So you're Absolutely. not concerned because you're usually like the – I don't want to jinx anything. I mean, you just never know. Silver could name Aunt Edwards an AD. And this isn't 
jinxing anything. Okay. This is just like straight up facts. Yeah. If he's not an all-star, this whole league is rigged. And <laughs> okay. we're not talking about it anymore. Well, when we had Mark Spears on, he suggested that maybe CJ McCollum could get in. Um, I would say for me, the two that should get in, Anthony Edwards from Minnesota and no doubt about it, De'Aaron Fox. And let's even say, let's say, let's say for some reason, Mark Spears' um, theory was correct. And it was like, yeah, they're going to do CJ because obviously he's going to be in Utah anyway for all the meetings. And um, he has been having a pretty good season as well. Let's just say it would be. Then fine. The other spot goes to De'Aaron Fox. But otherwise, I'm with you, Ant and Fox. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, if you're watching us live, we appreciate you. You can always hit us up, too, on the phones. Let's take a phone call to start this hour. Morgan Reagan? Let's do it. Check in with Winston. What's up, Winston? Hey, how you guys doing? We are good, man. What's up? I appreciate you taking my call. I, I just got a question about this LeBron being the man of the NBA now. And the only reason I say this is a Kareem, when he played, he didn't have the three point shot. Yep. So let's analyze how many buckets of LeBron's record is related to three point shots. He's played longer than Kareem. So now when the NBA, and let's just say in five, 10 years from now, they now create, a four-point shot because yeah. players are getting so used to seeing and making this three-point shot. Now they back it back a little bit more, and somebody does it in half the time. Are they now going to be the GOAT because they got the, the scoring title? I, I see it being different errors. And, I mean, it's, somebody's got to step up to the and say, you know what, we got to now start. Uh-oh. Winston, you're cutting out a little bit. Look at, oh, go ahead, man. You okay, cut out for look, a second. Look at, uh, oh, okay, so we got to start looking at maybe putting in separate record books because look at now quarterbacks. You can't even touch them now, but back in the day, they got pummeled. And, you know, if LeBron would have played back when the bad boys and when Michael Jordan first started and Horace Grant and all of and Shaq, he might have not made it this long in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, but you have to remember, too, this is what I, you know, I think people miss when they we start talking about the different era thing. And you, there's a lot to unpack with what you just said. But, like, LeBron is built like a tight end. This guy is – this is not like some small person. If he was playing in that era, if we lived in this crazy world where we could take DMT and go back and – travel back there maybe we would see that lebron would be great in that era because he could play with a different level of physicality he would be just what? as physical and he would be doing amazing things i think lebron's just one of those guys it doesn't really matter the era he was in he'd be great as far as your point about the three-point shooting you're right some of these numbers are just different because it's not like kareem was launching a ton of three-pointers right three-pointers weren't a thing until the later part of his career and it's not like he was taking a ton. LeBron, obviously taking far more. I think the reality is it doesn't have to determine the go or anything like that. We could just acknowledge that, hey, Kareem had this record for like almost 40 years. He is one of the greats to ever play the game. And LeBron James has done some incredible things to playing at such a high level for a sustained period of time. Let's just celebrate it both. I do agree with you. And I'm going to say one thing, though. You got to remember, LeBron came in when he was 18. Yeah. An 18-year-old kid 
mightn't have been able to withstand that punishment back then mentally. Maybe physically he might have been okay, but mentally I don't think he would have been able to sustain it. And the reason I say that is that is why the NBA changed from allowing high school kids to go into the NBA because of the mental strain that it was creating back then. You know and what? So Here's now- my pushback on this. And I, I, I forget Morgan's actually on the show too. Sorry, Morgan. Just one thing. I'm listening. Um, talk about mental pressure, Winston. Like LeBron, his high school games were on ESPN. You remember that? Like he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. He had the more most pressure, more pressure than anybody coming in. He was the number one pick. He Nike signed him to a big deal. He had all the hype around him. People were calling him King James. The guy barely had his driver's license. So I think we just have to acknowledge that type of stuff too. It's so hard to. I think what your biggest point is. It's different eras. I don't know. I'm not the biggest guy when it comes to talking about. This guy's the greatest of all time. I love the game of basketball. I acknowledge Kareem. That was before my time, but this guy did it at a high level. He's in the conversation for being one of the greats of this game, and he's done so much on and off the floor in life, and that goes beyond basketball. LeBron's done amazing things. Jordan, you have to acknowledge them all. I do. I take my hat off to the young man. He's he's done a great thing. He's You never hear about him getting in trouble. You always hear nothing but praise and, and uproar for him. So I, for that, I do take my hat off. But, again, when we when we revisit this in, in about 30 years, when somebody done came in and played half the time he's played and then shot four-pointers, we're going to be saying, man, is he really the greatest? <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. I, pre- right, I appreciate man. you checking in. Good chat. Thank you. There's Winston yeah. checking in, Morgan. And I, 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 I hear what he's saying. Dude, I appreciate his perspective, and I totally hear what he's saying. And I think – I don't even think this is like the best example, but for because I'm not a car person, but for people that are like oh, I big... can't wait for this. For people that are like big car junkies, like you think about the cars back in the day that take like only take diesel and they're like um they're a classic car that doesn't even have a seatbelt, so they're not very safe, they look really cool, but they're not efficient in so many ways. And then you think about the cars the modern day cars today and they're electric and they're super safe and all these different things but people are like yeah but what made those cars so great was this and then some people are like yeah but think about how much safer these cars are now and that's what makes these cars great it's just all it is 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 everyone's personal preference can can we just acknowledge morgan establishing yourself not a car person at all you you ask Morgan the name like some badass car from like the nineteen sixties or fifties. Good luck. Camry. A Toyota Camry. Oh yeah, I'll never forget the nineteen fifty two Camry. I mean, people still talk about the. When you go to a car show, look out for the fifty two Camry. That thing, woo, it get humming. You're trying to compare stuff to cars. You are you know nothing about cars. I don't either. Why would you pick cars out of everything? Because, you pick cars because people are like weird car people yeah i I know i I don't mean i don't mean weird and i'm sorry for anyone that's a car person because i don't think it's weird i just like am always like i have no idea but what i have when i have (laughs) talked to people who are 
passionate about cars. It is so funny and interesting when they are breaking down what makes a car sure. great. And then you hear these modern day people with their electric cars and what makes those you know, even better than the old cars. And my own, it, point, own, own it, honey. Own it, honey. And, and more- my whole point to it is just everything evolves and everything can be great at its own levels. What? Yeah, I'm just, I just, you've, You've had some interesting comparisons over the last week. Your your best one is comparing CM Punk to Kyrie. Like, 100%. The CM Punk-Kyrie thing, that hit home with wrestling fans and basketball fans. This one was interesting. I, I was fascinated that you even went there, but you did. And I, you know what? I appreciate the effort. I do. I'd say it was successful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, I but, appreciate it. Yeah. I, I hear people, My one of my least favorite things we do sometimes in sports is like, we start tearing down accomplishments right after they happen. Like, it's like immediate. LeBron, not even like, it was like 12 hours ago, 14 hours ago, he breaks this record in a magical moment. You got fans going crazy, NBA players there, icons, athletes, musicians. It was a big deal. And literally we're going, yeah, but Kareem didn't have threes. You know, or like, Hey, Steph Curry's the all-time three-point shooter. Yeah, but imagine the three-point shot was a thing when this guy played. It's like, look, I understand, okay? Just don't be obsessed with records. I can still acknowledge LeBron's greatness while also knowing that the game has changed a little bit. And that's kind of the biggest thing. Yeah, just like cars. Just like cars. Just like that 52 Camry. Morgan, just so you know, during the break, look up 52 Camry. Not a thing. No, I, I well, I knew that. That's oh, I was yeah, yeah. When was the first year of the Camry, Morgan? Oh, I have no idea. I just guess. If you were to guess, first year of the. If Toyota I had to guess, we're gonna I find out guess, during the break. Okay, I'm gonna guess uh, 80s. Okay, good guess. I'll say yeah. 1979. That's okay. I think that's a better guess. The first year of the Camry. Yeah. What 1983. Was it? Oh. Oh, you're I mean, stupid. Not you a did car take person, the Chris. entire decade. Yeah. Good point. All right, coming up next, we'll be back in 60 seconds on the radio side. we got to talk about a one-year anniversary in Kingsland. We'll do that coming up next on Sackdown Sports. Deuce and Mo on Sackdown Sports. I swear to you, Ian, I just said a minute ago, we are not going to start tearing people down the minute they accomplish something i mentioned during the break morgan that lebron yeah number one all time in points but he's also number four in assists and ian drops them he's 14 time in assists because he played with super teams with a bunch of hall of famers hey go book go look back at those early cleveland teams and tell me you play with a bunch of hall of famers one two you still have to be able to pass the ball and set up your teammates why are we knocking him for being top four are we going yeah, but you cannot yeah, but me with King James. I'm sorry. Good point. No, the amount of people that he made better around him, the amount of attention that he would take on when he had and still has the basketball, which allows so many more open opportunities for his teammates. Come on now. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. What the hell, Deuce? What are you doing? Sorry, I need my LaCroix. You need your LaCroix. Yeah, I do. So in the middle of me speaking, when there's a break that we just came back from, instead, while I talk, yeah. is when you go get. I, okay, I'm sorry. Did I go downstairs and leave you for 20 minutes? I, I took off my headset for 3.7 seconds. 
Morgan? Did we lose Morgan? I do not hear Morgan. I don't see How her. How does it feel? Oh. How does it feel? Okay. That, I see that was just not good for the show. You were just like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not helpful. No one knew I was gone. We knew you were gone. I need to push back on you a little bit, dudes, because yeah. I did some research. Someone said that uh, Kareem didn't have the three-point shot in his career. No, I, I, it came later in his career. It came later. He had one, so. He had one three-pointer. So, I mean, if I'm Will Chamberlain, I'm kind of upset because, like, yeah, what, the three would, extra points. what would he have done without yeah. the three? Yeah, Good we can point, do. Chris. Yeah, oh, Will played against Millman. I mean, I don't know. Like we could pit. He's he played against a farmer. You know, I, you everyone... really think LeBron James is better than George Mikan? I'd like to <laughs> see him go up against a big man. Mm. One year ago, guys. One year yep. ago was a big trade. What do you guys remember about that day? Like, I do remember that. I know we joke about uh, the guy that was on NFL Network last week. <laughs> Who literally, when Tom Brady retired for the second time, was like, you'll remember this day forever. Like, JFK, 9-11, you'll remember this day. And we're like, what the hell? Uh, but in all seriousness, we were on edge during the trade deadline last year because the Kings were involved in so many rumors. Who knows what was going to happen? And I remember I got the alert on my phone. I got the Woj alert. And it said the Kings traded for a Sabonis. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, Fox is gone. I look, and it was Tyrese Halliburton. I was stunned can you believe that was one year ago today? No, it, it's um, like I said, it feels almost a little bit longer because of everything that's gone down in Kings land and in Pacers land um, for both organizations. You know, there's just been some major changes with the way both these teams have shown improvement and have played. And I think when you look at that day that that trade was made, I didn't know how to feel <laughs> Um, because I really, really, you and I really became, got closer and closer with Tyrese. I think a lot of people had, you know, different connections with him because he was such a good guy off the court as well. Well, his dad adopted me. So and that was part dad, of it. Yeah. I start, I mean, I start calling him dad. Do you yeah, no, you, you, you talk to his dad a lot. I mean, he has such a great family and um, such great close friends that were, you know, photographers and ambassadors within the organization. And so my whole point, though, to that day, it was like, man, not only are we losing Tyrese and this player, but we're losing those people too. that day. It was the first time I actually had that connection with so many more people. So I felt it on different levels. But when I knew Domas Sabonis was coming in, I was excited for that new journey as well. I was mixed beyond belief because I, I love Sabonis. I remember in the off season that year, we, I was like, God, if he's available, the Kings should go after him. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Tyrese, I was, I was heartbroken a little bit. It took me a minute. We were about to go live. I said, Morgan, we need about 25 minutes to process this. Yeah. And I still feel mixed about it because you don't know what Tyrese is going to turn into. Both guys are all-stars, but Sabonis is a player. I think what helped me accept it more was the overreaction from the national people about it. Like, listening to J.J. calling it malpractice, Jacoby and uh, Jalen Rose, like, should the league investigate? I was like, oh, wait. Now the disrespect is coming to another level where nobody was talking about Tyrese before on the national level, really. We were all talking about him because we thought he could be good. But now he's gone, you're going to love on him. And now we get a two-time all-star in Sacramento and you're acting like the Kings trade for Arvidas Sabonis, his dad. So that's what made me flip a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you're not going to do this. I think the other big question at the time too was why it was unsettling for some was 
De'Aaron Fox was like not playing good basketball at all. He felt detached, felt like, is this the end for him? Could he be moving on? So there was so many layers to it. And it's crazy to think how much has changed in a year. I mean, this time last year, Gentry is a coach. De'Aaron Fox, you didn't know what was exactly going to happen with him. Was he going to fit with Sabonis? What else was going to happen? Flash, fast forward a year, Tyrese is going to be in the All-Star game. Fox is likely to be in the All-Star game. Sabonis is in there. It's wild. It's wild. And you look at where the Kings are in the Western Conference, right? And it's not just fluky where they are. They're building something that is becoming more and more sustainable. Um, I just think, you know, going, just talking about their culture for a little bit, you had showed me a clip yesterday of Jordy Fernandez in the oh. locker room. Oh, and that's from the latest like, episode of The Run. Dude, you- Deuce, that that gets me, I mean, on such a different level. I can't even explain how it feels like I'm in the locker room in those moments, and yeah. it just speaks to me. And well, you talk about the culture, and just so people know what you're talking about, too. Yeah. They had a – Jordy Fernandez was talking to a team after the game, and he was, like, talking about all the doubters – and he goes, you know what we say to the doubters? F them. But he actually said they put it out. And then at the end, on three, one, two, three, the whole team's like, F them. I was like, oh, I'm going to run through the wall for this guy. Jordy yeah. Fernandez has me pumped up. But you're right. You like, go? They shifted the culture with the coaching staff, but like it did start a year ago. And it's not because Tyrese was unable to provide a certain culture. It was just a move that they got Sabonis, a guy who's established, who brings something different to the table, got something out of Fox, and – the vibes are completely different now. You know, I start thinking back, if you were to do this again, would you make that trade again? It's still tough for me because of how how high I am on on Halliburton. But it's clear that those two, Fox and Halliburton, were not going to work together. Like, Mm-mm. you would not have this version of De'Aaron Fox. Like, if those two were still here, I don't know what happens. And And even going back, Fox's value would not be high at all at this point, right? Yeah, well, and that's how bizarre is that? Thinking about what De'Aaron Fox would be at this moment if they were still both on the team. But think and think about it from this angle. If De'Aaron Fox wasn't on this team, sure, we have seen what Tyrese Halliburton has been doing in Indiana. So we know what he's capable as a playmaker, as a leader, as a manager on the floor. But De'Aaron Fox, if he took this leap on a different team, mm. how Oh, heartbreaking would yeah. that have been to watch yeah. truly we would have been like oh another another player comes through sacramento um you know top five pick and just can't get it done here you would feel just very deflated i'm so glad that he's figured it out here it's crazy how much can change in a year yep we got more to talk about with this the one-year anniversary of the trade we'll talk to people about the lebron deal him a top the NBA all-time scoring list. Plus, Kyrie Irving had some wild things to say yesterday. we got to talk about the Mavs a little bit. They're going to be in town Friday and Saturday against the Kings. They're doing a lot of jawjacking now. we got a lot to go over with them. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Also at youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140, where the show stays live the entire time. Literally, the entire time we're chatting 
with the people live. So join us there, youtube.com slash Actown Sports 40. While you're there, hit the thumbs up button. All it does is help us grow. I'm Deuce Mason. Morgan Reagan joins us live from San Francisco today because she's hosting Kings pre and post game tonight for Kings and Rockets with Matt Barnes. And uh, Saturday night, you're going to be graced with my presence because I'm going to be with you on pre and post game at Golden One Center for Kings Mavs. They went, you know, we have to bring in like a heavy hitter for this giant mm. Saturday night game. Mm. Let's bring Deuce Mason. We need some star are, power. So I, I said, yeah, sure? I could fit you in. Are you sure it's not just because Matt couldn't do Saturday? I think they said, Matt, like, um, you can do Fridays, but, like, yeah. the, the main event is Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, Deuce Mason, the real star from Del Campo oh. High School. Is, yeah, why don't you tell him that? I, I will 100% tell him that. <laughs> What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Deuce. Yeah, I'm excited to work with you on Saturday, too. That'll be fun. I get to work with Matt today and Friday, so... Um, Saturday, it's going to be fun, especially let's assume that Kyrie's playing. Well, Kyrie's playing tonight, right? He's supposed to play tonight against the Clippers. And so I anticipate he'll play Friday against the Kings. They, they, you know, it's a back to back. I don't know. I don't see why he'd have any limitation. Luca's still not back. It doesn't sound like Luca's going to play tonight. Maybe he makes his return Friday. It's also heel contusion. So I don't know what his status is going to be especially when they play back-to-back games against Sacramento? Right. That's a great question. Yeah. What, how, do you, how are we feeling about the Mavs right now? Because I I feel like they're doing a lot of talking. Who's doing the talking? Okay, let's talk about that, Morgan. <laughs> Mark Cuban, the owner, was uh, talking about the trade. Here's what he had to say. We thought the opportunity to get another player like Kyrie that's transcendental, you know, um, would give us the best backcourt in the NBA. We have probably the best ball handler in Luca, and now we feel like we have the second best as well. Popping off, calling it the best backcourt in the NBA before they have ever played a game together. I guess from a pure talent perspective, maybe he's not wrong, but man. It's it's confident. It's quite confident. And look, Deuce. When you have talent on your squad and you haven't seen it together, don't you kind of need to believe that that's what you made the move for, that that's why you made the move? You have to make bold proclamations after a trade when you're an owner of an NBA team? No, you don't need to do that. You don't need to say it out loud. You don't need to say it publicly. But at the same time, maybe that's truly how he feels and he says what's on his mind I mean who I I say who cares what he says about that and if you're any other team show him why that's not the case well Jason Kidd the head coach of the Mavs said that Kyrie puts him in championship position so that's the other one and then Kyrie uh talked about his new opportunity in Dallas there he went over a lot um and one of the things he says was that he didn't feel supported the entire time in Brooklyn. Um, that was an interesting line I thought he had in that. Um, he also talked about uh, getting the chance to play with Luca. Yeah, it's still a wait and see, but I think uh, me as a hooper, me as a basketball player, am I worried about us uh, coexisting or finding cohesion? No. Um, I've I played with some of the best of all time, greatest of all time. I've been on some of the greatest teams uh, on the Olympics and on the World Championships. So uh, I think... This is going to be my first time seeing like one of those bad Europeans come over and really dominate up close. 
and have the opportunity to do it at a pace that I don't think has ever been seen for seen before other than like Larry Bird or like somebody else that just plays at their own pace, scores a bunch of points and is constantly in that MVP conversation every year just because he commands that much attention. So as much as I can alleviate for him, as much as I can lead alongside him, willing to do, but there's no pressure here. Nothing's forced with me and him. I just want to play basketball and enjoy his uh, talent and enjoy my teammates' talent and you know work towards the championship. And that's the thing, Morgan. The reality is with Kyrie, you're going to have great moments. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt to me that maybe in a few weeks we're going to be like, hey, man, you <laughs> see the potential with this group. He's been great there. I'm sure there's going to be stories about, hey, he just needed to change his leadership there. He's fit with Luca. Luca's more inspired than ever. It's just I don't think anyone really trusts that it's going to remain that way based on the past, based on what he has done in almost every stop. I still think they're going to be a potent backcourt. I think they have the ability to be awesome. They're both heavy ISO guys. It's going to be challenging enough to slow down Luca, but now – you throw a blitz at him, he's got another guy that can handle a go-get-a-bucket, create-a-shot. Luka could get some easier shots because of what Kyrie can do. And late in the game, it's not all ISO for Luka. Now, that's something I think probably has to be ironed out late in the game is, all right, there's got to be some give and take. Like, Luka, we know he can get buckets, but you also have a guy who can take over a game. I'm not really questioning too much about the offense. I'm questioning the defense, to be honest. <laughs> As you should. And Deuce, really quick, too, I do want to mention because something that he had said and you were kind of talking about, too. He's played with the greatest of all time. And he's shown that he can play with some of the greats in this league and make things happen. I think, if anything, it's his off-the-court antics and his health that have been more of the problems over this time. So we know he knows how to make people better and play with some great players. Um, That's great. The blitz comes along. You have more options. There's more attention on guys. You're going to create even more easier shots for yourselves if you are the Dallas Mavericks. Now you look at them on the defensive end. How many times have we looked at Christian Wood and him just being a liability on the defensive end as a big guy in the middle, just not capable of moving and and doing enough to protect the rim? He's someone I still wouldn't be shocked if they made a move with him at the trade deadline, right? That's someone that they, I think, if anything, his effort is what gets questioned a lot about him on the defensive end, um, is what you hear a lot, but... Who knows if that is going to be a move that they make. Either way, they don't have a lot of defensive guys anymore. Well, Kyrie also talked about uh, Kevin Durant uh, with Brooklyn. Um, I mean, obviously he wished things could have gone differently. Um, you know, we we came together in about 2018-19, um, kind of when that finals happened, and we weren't coming together to plan what team we were going to, but uh, we just had goals together, and it wasn't just as a duo. We we were uh, seeing ourselves as savants in the culture that we wanted to teach the youngins, and if we got some young guys that were willing to sacrifice and buy into what we got going on, then we were going to flourish, we felt. Um, but it just didn't work out, and we still remain brothers. But it is a business at the end of the day, as we always say, and i got to look out for my family, and ultimately I want to be at peace every time I come into work rather than things hanging over my head or, or wondering what people think about me in the building or whether or not a report's going to come out tomorrow that I don't talk to my teammates, which is untrue. And then, you know, I just felt like being in New York City and the media capital of the world, there was so many things that leaked out that 
I don't even know where they came from. And I'm answering things that I don't deserve. And ultimately, I don't pay attention to that much. So mm. I'm just grateful that I got to move on and I'm here. I mean, I think there's some truth to it. I also think uh, Kyrie acts like he never does anything wrong. And Correct. He's the perfect guy. But, dude, I, players love Kyrie, man. You see his interactions with players before games. People try to paint him as like, hey, no one in Boston liked him, like Tatum, Brown. Every time they are playing together, I see Kyrie hanging out with Tatum and Brown. Like, I think some of it gets blown out. I think players dig him. You know, you may not totally respect some of the stuff he's done or said or his beliefs or whatever, but I think if you're a basketball player, you go, oh, this guy's a baller. Like, this guy, when he is locked in, he is ready to go. He is a joy to watch. Well, and that's ultimately what's going to keep him attractive to other players in the league, to other franchises, um, because he is such a good player. He's such a unique player. Uh, and I do believe that he has the ability to not just be an ass, right? Like people <laughs> can enjoy their time around him at the same time too whenever he does talk like in these press conferences you see how it's everyone else's fault and not him he doesn't accept any accountability and even on top of that with him not getting an extension with the Brooklyn Nets not once does he ever think to like oh maybe it's because I can't stay on the floor anywhere I go to it's not just about well, what he does off the floor. He also right? had some weird comment about like, well, I, hey, I led by example. I led that team and I left him in a great position, the four spot. I'm like, okay. We got a lot more to get to on the show. I've said that way too much today. That's a crutch. That's definitely a crutch. We got a lot more to get to. Uh, we are live until 2 p.m. At 1 p.m., Howard Beck, one of the best NBA writers in the world. He's also... Host of a great podcast, too. He's going to join us at 1 p.m. We'll talk trade deadline, LeBron, and so much more. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. I love hoops. It's money for the team. No, Fans don't care about that. A postseason party. That's what we want. We want a postseason pizza party. You want a $2 million <laughs> postseason pizza party. How would that look? A $2 million pizza party. Just go oh, across the street be... to uh, Costco. No, oh. no. There'd be some gold in my crust. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sham just put out a tweet. Oh, my God. We are here. I just asked for a trade. Let's go. Shams says the Lakers, the Jazz, the Timberwolves are in discussion on a three-team deal that would send D'Angelo Russell back to the Lakers, Westbrook, and draft compensation such as a first-round pick to the Jazz and Mike Conley to Minnesota. This is according to Shams and Tony Jones from The Athletics. So, let me calmly talk about this for a second. Yeah, let's 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 great. try to break this whole thing down. So Westbrook last night gets into it. Woj says that hey, he and Darvin Ham got into it at halftime a little bit, but they dapped up after the game. Now Shams is reporting a three-team deal. The Lakers, Jazz, Timberwolves are in discussions on a three-team deal. It would send D'Angelo Russell in the final year of his deal 
to the Lakers, where he got his start with the Lakers. Westbrook in draft compensation, such as a first-round pick to the Utah Jazz, Mike Conley to Minnesota. There's got to be more in this deal. Woj is tweeting about it now, and this is what I live for. This is what it's all about. Uh, Woj just retweeted something. One player the Lakers have talked about in the past and have been engaged with today is D'Angelo Russell. So he got beat on the scoop by Sham, so he's retweeting a clip from uh, NBA Today talking about it. But wow, Morgan, so... What do you think about this? Okay, well then, Deuce, here's where that drama that Woj tweeted out last night begins. I know it's not that big of a deal Uh. to you, okay? But this is how things get going. I'm not acting like they haven't been talking about this for a while and it just came after last night. But sometimes it's the little things that push you over the edge, right? But my question is, why, 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 why for the Utah Jazz does this make sense? And if you can explain that to me, that would be great. But if not, um, I would love if more information came in about that. Also, uh, while we kind of break this down, I'm going to send Howard Beck a text because he did say if there's breaking news, I'm going to make sure he knows about this. Uh, and so he understands that he may have to skip this. Uh, and. And that's totally fine. And as you send that text, I'll let you do that because you never answered my question. And instead, you actually Sorry, ignored me. I really did. Were- I'm doing a lot of different things in here. <laughs> no, you totally did. Text your text. Do your thing. I'm going to keep looking um, on Twitter okay, as we were I'm live. back. Sorry. What was your question? Oh, well, thanks, Deuce. It's so great to know that I have a partner <laughs> here on this show. Um, I was asking you, why does this make sense for the Utah Jazz if you know that answer and if you don't know that answer? Uh, for me, it's wait. simple with Utah. They are in a different position. If they're getting a pick, and if that is a Lakers pick, maybe a future Lakers pick, Ooh. that's all they're thinking about at this point. And I'm guessing Danny Ainge in acquiring Westbrook, if this deal ends up going through a three-team deal with the Jazz, the Lakers, and Minnesota, couple of ways to look at this. They're going to probably buy out Russell Westbrook, the remaining uh, a remainder of his deal, which by this point of the year, maybe it's $18 million left. They may just go, okay. hey, let's buy you out, let you become a free agent. That's what I think, and I think that in turn, they get a first-round pick. Also, you have to think about where they are, right? Danny Ainge is thinking long-term. They've been a great story in the West. They've been better mm-hmm. than a lot of people think. But right now, they are in clear, let's just get picks. Let's cash out. What do we, how do we cash out? Oh, we could take on Westbrook and we get a pick out of it. We'll take that. We already have all the picks from Minnesota. We already have picks from Cleveland. We are adding young talent. This is what we're thinking about at this point in time. For the Lakers, you move on from the Westbrook era and you get D'Angelo Russell, someone that you are familiar with from the past. You know that the situation in Minnesota hasn't been great for him. Bringing him back to L.A. as a guard who can get a bucket Probably not the worst thing for them, but does that propel them to any new heights? And then for Minnesota, some stability. I mean, I think at some point you get a veteran and Mike Conley, they are trying to win. Minnesota's all in. They made the Gobert trade. They're trying to get to the next level, right? And right now they've been disappointing. Cats missed time. The good news for them, Conley has a connection with Rudy Gobert. Can Uh that facilitate some things and get them going in a direction that is good? Okay, and Conley has one more year on his contract as well. Yeah, but so. I, I, I don't think that's a fully guaranteed uh, – it's not fully guaranteed. So 
partial. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that the, the money doesn't impact them too much because Russell's deal was expiring this year too. All those players we just mentioned, they're all big time deals, and I think there's going to be more players in the mix for this. Um, they all have expiring deals. Okay. Yeah, I was I was curious too because for Minnesota, I know you say they bring on a vet like Mike Conley, but at the same time, D'Angelo Russell, oh, it's not like he hasn't been producing yeah, for them. I mean, he yeah, but has it been conducive to winning? When they got him, it was supposed to be the missing piece, this former all-star. He's got ice in his veins. It's gotten to the point with them that Anthony Edwards has been running a lot of point. Like, he's been the guy bringing up the ball. So to have a steady veteran piece in Mike Conley, that it's pretty simple. What do you need out of Mike Conley? Oh, you need me to score buckets? I'll do that. You need me to go out there and facilitate and run a team? He's done it for teams at a high, high level. So I anticipate it's going to continue. We're getting more details at this hour. Adrian Wojnarowski just put out a tweet. Let's react to it. Three-way talks with the Lakers, Jazz, and T-Wolves would potentially land D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley to the Lakers. Mike Conley in picks to Minnesota, plus Westbrook in picks to the Jazz. The Jazz do remain engaged uh, on talks elsewhere on Conley, too. So this is far from over at this point. Shams reporting that these teams are in talks. Woj now getting in on the action because, you know, they got their own kind of back and forth. They're in a competition to break stories left and right. But as we are less than 24 hours away from the NBA's trade deadline, there's definitely stuff heating up. Westbrook could be on the move. Russell could be going back to L.A., it is insane right now in the NBA. Morgan and uh, Shams has an update, too. Oh, do it. Let's hear it. Shams says ongoing discussions have included Utah's Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt as part of a potential three-team deal to the Lakers. No. Oh, are you kidding me? You son oh, of a... Oh, no. Oh, no. We must stop it. We've got we to cannot, stop it. We cannot have Vandy go... No, 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 no. Okay. That's a lot to go unpack there. So now all of a sudden, if the Lakers are adding potentially in this deal, Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt and Russell. Wow. That's a significant trade deadline for them, man. That is insane. And how many times? Oh, my. Okay. Now. I shouldn't say this right now, but if this all goes through, how many times did I talk about the Lakers, the trade deadline, and how scary it could be with them making moves? Okay, it doesn't mean it's going to be. You can relax, man. You have this. Do you have a fear of the Lakers forever? Okay, just understand that it still has to work. We have a lot to unpack. Howard Beck is scheduled at one o'clock. I have a feeling he may be pushed back. We'll find out. Either way, we are talking NBA trade deadline. Who is on the move? Lakers, Jazz, T-Wolves talking about a mega deal that could have ramifications in the Western Conference. And a key piece that the Kings could be interested in, Jared Vanderbilt, maybe he's going to L.A.? We'll find out together. On the other side, it's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Oh, wow. What now? On your local sports leader, Town Sports. Just have a lot to unpack, and I'm stunned because we just got some breaking news in the NBA about trade that could be happening. Still ways to go, nothing official, but the Jazz, the Lakers, 
And the T-Wolves talking about a three-team deal. There's parts galore. We don't even know the final details. Wodes and Shams going back and forth talking about, all right, this player could go here. Could see Westbrook going to Utah, maybe get bought out. Minnesota could be landing Mike Conley. The Lakers could be getting reunited with D'Angelo Russell. Could be adding Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. It is craziness because it is the NBA trade deadline. I'm Deuce Mason. Alongside with Morgan Reagan, who's in San Francisco, she'll be hosting Kings Pre Half and Post for NBC tonight. And super excited to join one of the premier writers covering the NBA. He's been doing it at a high level for so long. Works for Sports Illustrated. He's the one and only Howard Beck. How you doing, Howard? Hey guys, been a while. How are you, dude? So good to hear from you. I knew. I know. By the way, if there's any urgent breaking news and you have to end with us, that's completely uh, fine. It's insane today because you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, I know it's a rumor trade right now, and we're still trying to figure out the parts moving back and forth if this deal gets done, but it sounds like the Lakers are trying to be aggressive at the deadline. Yeah, well, look, they have to be. <laughs> I mean, uh, what a strange scene last night to, on the one hand, have this incredible celebration, earned very well-earned celebration of LeBron James and this hallowed record that he just took, and then to lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder <laughs> a team that is in year two, three, whatever of this rebuild and is not expected to even be a playoff team. And here, here the Lakers are still just struggling to beat the teams they're supposed to beat at home and on a special night. And don't think that doesn't put at least a slight damper on LeBron's, you know, on his night, not on the achievement itself, but um, probably a little harder to enjoy once the, the, the high wears off and Westbrook, uh, you know, by all accounts recently has not exactly been the most, uh, engaged or, um, you know, happy camper. So he knew that he was going to be in whatever deal. If there was one for Kyrie Irving, he knows that he's involved in whatever deal the Lakers can make period because he's got the biggest movable expiring contract packaged with picks gets the Lakers somewhere. So I'm sure Westbrook has not been in a great mood knowing that that's hanging over, knowing that LeBron's been speaking publicly about, you know, kind of pining for Kyrie, whether by name or, kind of uh, subtly or not so subtly. Anyway, um, the re- the reported trade, which all of the usual newsbreakers are reporting, is, is being discussed. By the time all of those guys are saying it's, it's being discussed, usually that means it's happening. Um, it's very rare that they all get wind of the same thing and then have it be something that was just a conversation. So I'm going to say this thing has probably got legs. I have not made any calls myself uh, just yet. Um, it makes sense. Shipping out Westbrook makes sense. Doing everything the Lakers can do to upgrade the roster and try to make this season meaningful beyond LeBron's record makes sense. The pieces that are involved, uh, Russell uh, D'Angelo Russell makes a lot of sense. Obviously started his career with the Lakers, uh, has grown up a little along the way, and you know has always been kind of a, a hot and cold fit with the Timberwolves. And, you know, that's a team that needs a shakeup, too. And we know that the Jazz have been looking to do something with some of their veterans as they continue their teardown slash rebuild after uh, moving out Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert last summer. So I, go ahead, Morgan. I, I was going to say, y- you look at this Western Conference now and you're seeing some moves being made. But I think for the Lakers, some people want to still sit here today and go like, that doesn't move the needle. I mean, if they get if if this all goes down and let's say Beasley, Russell, they're there, but then somehow Vanderbilt gets there as well. Does this do anything for you and the Lakers this season? So 
people have a different standard they want to apply to the should they, shouldn't they question about the Lakers, and especially if it involves their future picks, right? The uh, legendary 2027 and 2029 first round picks that they have been guarding like gold. Um, I think personally, the standard should just be make the season season meaningful. Don't have the season be a waste. And that means making the playoffs and then just see what happens. Um, there is no one move. I don't think that is going to make the Lakers immediate contenders. They just have too many holes, but that doesn't mean you sit still and go, well, all right, fine. I guess we just, you know, let go of the season, like tr- try, try to do something. And especially if the, if the trade brings back players who are under contract into next season, well, now you're just that much further ahead of the game. You may or may not make the finals this year. Uh, it seems unlikely, but make the playoffs at least. Don't have this be another year where LeBron's, uh, you know, performance and talents are wasted on a on a lottery team. Push this thing forward, get to the summer, and keep pushing it forward. So I, I am in favor of even a move that makes them respectable, that makes the season meaningful. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. If we make the standard championship or bust well then there is no trade there are no moves and then you just sit still sit on your hands and have another great year of lebron james evaporate for nothing so um the the players you mentioned morgan like that just think of it this way when you look at the lakers starting five on any given night you have lebron james anthony davis and three players (laughs) whichever three it is who belong on a bench somewhere who would probably not start for any other team. This is the problem. The Lakers have a roster packed with guys who should be seventh, eighth, ninth men, mm. not third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, even. And so the the guys that would be importing in this deal, if that's the configuration, are all legit starters. So they're already ahead of the game. You have a functional starting five, perhaps. I'm curious too, with the Westbrook element, it sounds like Utah could buy him out if this deal went through. That means he's a free agent. Do you think there are teams like playoff teams that would look to add him based on his production? And look, I, I feel like sometimes we, maybe it's because of LA. I think sometimes people overstate his production this year um, and what he brings to a team. But, you know, there is the element of, hey, this guy's won MVPs. He's played at a high level before. What do you think his market value would be if, if he was a free agent? Would teams be after him? Even a year ago? When Westbrook's first year with the Lakers was going so badly and Chris Mannix, my podcast partner, and I talked about where Westbrook could go, whether by trade or trade, then buyout, then sign somewhere. And we did this exercise of, of going through the list and it was like, I'm not sure where he fits. Even as a buyout guy, as a minimum salary guy, it's hard to find a place for him because of the way that Westbrook plays. It's it's a little bit akin to, you know, Allen Iverson's final years in the league where it was hard for him to adapt to being like just a role guy or Carmelo Anthony, where he found himself out of the league for a year because he didn't know how to reconfigure his, his game and his persona, his, his, his be you know, his, his identity essentially. And Westbrook is built that way, right? Like, yes, he accepted the sixth man role with the Lakers, but I don't think he's done it that happily. And I think he did it with the idea that, well, eventually this will, this will get me to the next place and people will um, see that I can do this. But Westbrook still plays the same way. And if he's in in the fourth quarter in crunch time, he's still taking shots that probably should be going to LeBron James or Anthony Davis. Um, he's still kind of a ball dominant player, even in a sixth man role. I, I haven't done the exercise again, 
But if if this trade goes through, if it becomes Westbrook to Utah, for sure Utah is buying him out. Where does he go in free agency? Like, I can't believe that his, his career is just over. That was yeah. Manix's pre- premise a year ago was like, if if this were to happen, a trade and a buyout, maybe he's just done. Um, I don't, I'm not there. But if you start looking down the list of teams, it is usually pretty difficult to figure out where he actually makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's, in, that's it's hard talking about it like that and thinking, man, is this where the end of his career goes? But at the same time, when you don't see guys accepting their roles and what they can still produce in the NBA and adjusting to the rosters that they're on, it's going to be tough. And I think now... I want to shift gears just to Minnesota because now they're adding a guy, a vet in Mike Conley, a guy that understands his role, that understands his value and what he can add to a team um, as a point guard. Is the future of the Minnesota Timberwolves, are we going to see Rudy Gobert and Kat on this roster? That's a great question. So um, I can't remember if I put it on my list of like, you know, bold predictions for 2023 a few months ago, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, six weeks ago. I don't know. What time is it? What, 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 we what, have no, what days? I don't know. know. At the end of 2022, we were asked to do predictions for 2023. And I think I put on there somewhere that Carl Anthony Towns would be traded uh, mm. sometime this year. He can't be traded during the season for silly uh, NBA, CBA cap reasons. Um, I think, the cat era is coming to an end because logically this is a team where, you know, Ant Edwards is, is clearly your future. You made such a massive investment in Rudy Gobert, both in terms of obviously the contract, but also what you sent out to get him that he's going to be there and you're not retrading him. So what is the, you know, the only two guys who you can now move to try to really shake this up after an underwhelming season are D'Angelo Russell, who apparently could be out the door within yeah. hours. Um, and then Carl Anthony Towns and Carl Anthony Towns is the one constant, right? For seven, eight years, great offensive player, phenomenal numbers. And it never leads to enough winning because he's not a defensive player. And uh, the, the Gobert thing was supposed to, to, to patch that up. It hasn't really worked. So I think inevitably you get to that point and you could probably get a decent amount back for Carl Anthony Towns, given his age and production over the years. So um, I think, you know, look, we've, we've got some season to go here still. And the Timberwolves have, I think, revived themselves a little bit lately. Uh, so we'll see. But if if this season ends badly for the Timberwolves, however you want to define that, I think Towns out the door this summer seems like a high possibility. We're hanging out with Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated. You know, one year ago today was a big trade for Sacramento. They traded Halliburton got Sabonis back. And here we are a year later. Tyrese is an all-star. Sabonis is an all-star. Fox likely to be an all-star, I'm guessing, if he replaces Zion or or Steph on the team. It looks like it's worked out well for both teams. I'm curious to get your perspective on where Sacramento's at right now. They have 30 wins before the all-star break, which is kind of insane to celebrate. But in Sacramento, we're like, wow, this is a big-time deal. Uh, What do you think of the Kings' season this year? And, And do you think that they can be in that top six when we get to April? So they're third now. Um, they're on a it's, – it's funny. It's a funny year in the West, right? So we yeah. keep saying the West is wide open. And I think it is, even though the Nuggets have a decent lead and they, they look like the favorite, but they're not like favorites by a mile. Um, 
And you have all these teams like, you know, the Suns have underachieved, but they're starting to stabilize and they got healthy. The Clippers were unhealthy and they've started to, to stabilize and have surged up the standings. The Warriors, as you guys uh, know out there, have had a little bit of a strange season. The Pelicans started off really hot, got hurt, and now they've plummeted, but they're still not that far out of, of that top uh, tier. And then you've got the Mavericks who just picked up Kyrie Irving and you could say uh, you could take that any number of directions. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's 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 a weird year in the West, and these teams are packed very tightly, and the Kings are on pace for 46 wins. So on the one hand, they're third, which suggests, well, they're right in this thing for, in, you know, in terms of the Western Conference chase. 46 wins usually suggest, which is the pace they're on, usually suggests you are a good, solid team that's going to be in the playoffs and maybe win a round. Yeah. Uh, but this year it's good enough to be third. <laughs> that is what? wild, yeah. And I think for the Kings, I mean, you'll you obviously take a 46-win pace based on sure. where you've been. Well, I think a lot of people looked at even after this trade and the offseason, oh, they, sh- they could be a play-in team in the West. So being at that pace, I think, is a, a big-time accomplishment for this group, especially trying to end this drought. Do you think they should make a tweak or two at the trade deadline? How aggressive do you think they should look to be? It's hard to say when you're a team in this position, right, where, you know, you're trying to end a 16-year playoff drought um, and, you know, you've, you're in the first full season of, of the Sabonis-Fox kind of pairing, um, first year with Herder there. It's it's kind of it's, – it's a new team in a lot of ways. Um, and I always say, like, no one team has to carry the burden of a franchise's past dysfunction, right? De'Aaron Fox has been there for – and Harrison Barnes have been there for, for a few losing seasons, but they're not responsible for everything that's gone on since, you know, 2006. Um, so I, I would say you don't rush it, right? There is, a, there is a, a moment here, and you could make the case, well, just – you know what? This is like found money. Go all in. You know, keep pushing it forward aggressively. There's a case for that. Um, you, as usual, it depends on what's out there. What is there to do? Um, this trade market is still a little bit uh, stalled by the fact that there are so many teams still in the running for something playoff play in and maybe this three-way deal with the, the Lakers jazz and Timberwolves unclogs things a little bit. Um, so it, it really just depends on what the move is. And, and since we don't have, you know, we, we'd just be talking in hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to say my bottom line is, you know, they're in a great position. They're just at the beginning of this journey with this group, this core and specifically yeah. Fox and Sabonis. I think there's a good case to make to just kind of let it run its course. Although if you see, you know, as usual, if you see a room for an upgrade, uh, especially like a defensive big to put next to Sabonis, um, maybe you do that, but it's, it's a tough thing, right? The Pacers got as far as they could with a defensive big and miles Turner, who could also stretch the, the, the floor and Sabonis. The, the Kings are now in the same position where Sabonis will, if he's your center, great, phenomenally productive, an all-star, but he's not a rim protector. He's not a guy who anchors your defense. How do you manufacture a defense around this one-two punch? So that's the challenge. Yeah, there's there's still plenty of challenges with this squad. Some tweaks that need to be made, but at the same time, that's the thing that we keep on going back and forth on is just are those the tweaks that you make at this trade deadline? Do you ride with this team into the postseason and see what you can get out of these guys? My only thing is, though, now we're seeing this trade deadline. You know, we had uh, our buddy Sam Amick on a, a week ago or so, and he was talking about fireworks being at this trade deadline. You're seeing a lot of teams getting involved, wanting to make moves. You're hearing the rumblings of all these other big names. It doesn't matter if it's the Raptors, the Nets, the Heat. Um, speaking of the Nets, 
you don't think there's going to be a KD move by this trade deadline, right? Famous last words here, but I would be shocked. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. I would be shocked. Um, look, I, one, he had to know this was coming both from the net side of it and from Kyrie's side of it. Cause he and Kyrie are friends and they came to Brooklyn together. Um, I'm sure there's some part of him that's very disappointed. Hmm. You know, this was a partnership that they wanted. And when he was healthy this season, they were playing really well. Um, on the other hand, when Kevin Durant made his own trade demand last summer, literally came the day after Kyrie opted in coincidence or not. Um, when, when Kevin Durant was, uh, you know, messaging through channels that he was not happy with the state of the nets and the dysfunction of the nets, a lot of that has to do with Kyrie Irving, his friend and teammate who, you know, tanked last season, basically by his COVID vaccine refusal, which not only, you know, cost them a lot of games that he couldn't play in, but also cost them James Harden because Harden soured on the nets in large part because of Kyrie's lack of availability. So that pushed them to then flip Harden for Ben Simmons, who of course never played last season and is now a shell of himself this season. Like everything that's happened in the last two seasons, two straight seasons where you are, you should be a, a title contender or at least in the mix based on having Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and some really good role players. And two for two straight seasons, Kyrie Irving has, has blown it up last year with the lack of avail- availability because of his vaccine refusal this year by making a trade demand a week before the trade deadline, you know, so some part of Kevin Durant has to see this and go, yeah, the guy's my friend, but he's, he's not exactly doing me much good on, on the court right now. Um, And they made a good deal. Dorian Finney Smith's a great defender. Everybody loves the guy. Mavericks loved him. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, of course, uh, you know, blossomed here in Brooklyn, his first time through a couple of years back. And, you know, I said at the time that he left for a contract in Washington, he got paid uh, a, a salary that the, uh, the Nets didn't want to pay at the time. I thought they should have kept him then. And I swear this is true. You could go back. It's somewhere in the record. I said, you know, you just never know when you've got Kyrie Irving. You might want to hold on to Spencer Dinwiddie, whatever it costs, mm-hmm. even as a high-priced backup, because he can play next to Kyrie. He can replace Kyrie. And if for some reason Kyrie's not available uh, or hurt, you would have Spencer Dinwiddie. Lo and behold, they would have been really better off if they'd still had Dinwiddie here last year. (laughs) Just insane. It's insane. And who knows how it's going to play out. I feel like it's so unpredictable. As Folsom Andy says in our YouTube chat, you see Davis legend Howard Beck. Uh, Yes. Howard, uh, we seriously appreciate you. my guy. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, we appreciate you hanging out with us for a little bit. Encourage everyone to check out his work on SI. Of course, the crossover podcast as well. Howard, uh, great catching up with you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Appreciate it, guys. Go Ags. Yes. Thanks, well, Stinger's Howard. up too, but it's fine. Hey. Yeah. Howard, appreciate it, man. That's the one and only on Howard Beck. And Morgan, uh, we got to talk more about it. I mean, this is insane. There, we we could be having a big NBA trade. Vanderbilt, Dude. we cannot. We have to stop Vanderbilt from going to the Lakers potentially okay. in this deal. So okay. that's something we do have to talk about. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, even Howard Beck, who obviously covers this on a national level, does an amazing job covering the league. He's even like, I don't think a Kevin Durant trade will happen, but like, who knows, right? Yeah, no, and that's what that's what he was basically saying right there. He's like, oh, famous last words, because it's look how quickly everything went down 
with Kyrie, different situation, right? Like Kyrie has this reputation. This has been going on, but I say different situation. And at the same time, look was what was going on in the off season with KD asking requesting for a trade so they obviously found out ways to make things better but then you had everything kind of unravel here right before the trade deadline who the hell knows what's going to happen as far as the big three-team deal that's being talked about right now it's involving the utah jazz the minnesota timberwolves and the la lakers crazy um it sounds like in the deal that is being talked about Woj and shams are putting this out there Westbrook would be heading to the Utah Jazz, probably with a pick. He would be bought out, become a free agent. Who would be into him? I don't know. Maybe the Kings come calling. They could have an open roster spot, Morgan. Don't don't shoot the messenger here. I'm just saying. Also, um, you have to consider the other pieces involved. It sounds like the Lakers could potentially be landing D'Angelo Russell, yeah. Malik Beasley, and Vanderbilt with Mike Conley rejoining, reuniting with Rudy Gobert in Minnesota. So... My goodness, this is just getting started. I mean, the trade deadline's tomorrow. Who knows what else could come up? This is pretty wild. And it's wild when you do look at everything that's going down with those three teams being in the Western Conference, right? I'm not acting like, oh, yeah, we're going to see these teams elevate to a new level. But when you do see these pieces for the Los Angeles Lakers, it's just you, well, you don't want any trouble. You I don't mean, want any me, trouble Morgan, in the Western Conference. The Lakers get better in this deal. And that's absolutely you, you don't want teams in the West who are behind you getting better. Like that's, that's my point. You don't want that. And then nope. I think it does make Minnesota better. I do. Yep. I think getting Conley helps him. And Utah's not Utah t- it could take them out of this race now, right? If they keep stripping it down. Maybe they yeah. move Conley in this deal. Who knows about Clarkson? Vanderbilt, what other moves? They're clearly going to take a step back, especially losing firepower with Vanderbilt. Excuse me, firepower with Beasley and then Vanderbilt's impact defensively too. So they'll fall back, but if the Lakers are going to be a threat now and then Minnesota gets a little better because they have a veteran presence, it could be interesting. we got a lot more to get to on the show. We are live until 2 p.m., always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes. I just noticed the YouTube feed. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We're closing in on 320 thumbs up. We can get to 350. Helps the channel grow. It's Deuce Mason. It's Morgan Reagan on NBA Trade Deadline Eve. Oh, it is Super Bowl week, too. It's insane. There's too much going on in the sports world. We're wondering, can Mahomes, can he play all right on that bum ankle? But we're still days away. The trade deadline's tomorrow. Kings fans wondering what the hell is going to happen. I did throw out something to the YouTube chat before the break talking about Russell Westbrook because it sounds like he could be on the move from the Lakers in a three-team deal where he lands with Utah and Utah Utah buys him out. The Lakers, in turn, would get D'Angelo Russell, Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. And then Minnesota would be landing Conley from Utah. Picks involved, too. Nothing official quite yet. But it's definitely been talk of, being talked about, especially with Woj and Shams putting it out there. The note, though, is that Westbrook would be bought out. I would not do this, but I was throwing out to Kings fans. I'm like, hey, what would you do if the Kings 
signed Russell Westbrook on the buyout market. I don't see the fit, and I get it. Yeah, he's been an MVP, the talent. I just think you need people who can defend, who are unselfish, and who can shoot. He doesn't really do any of those things. Deuce, and that are good for a culture, a sustainable culture. And I'm not acting like I'm sure there's so many guys in this league that are like, he's a great teammate. Um, love to have him on my squad. All those wonderful things. Good for them. But you look at him not even being able to accept a different role with the Los Angeles Lakers, accepting that, yeah, they need to have more shooters out there when they got LeBron out there playing, right? They needed to make sure that they had guys just along the three-point line so he can drive and dish. Where Russ, he can't produce out there anymore. He can't produce out there, right? And on top of that, he's not precise anymore. Even when it comes to his passing, he's not consistent. Last night, you would see times when he's just like dribbling the hell out of the ball, making a move, and then nothing comes from it. And then there's other times he's making a sweet pass, and it's an easy two for the And that's the thing. I do think he's an NBA player. To me, there's not a question about him being an NBA player, his talent level. Right. Even watching him last night, if you watch that game, I know it's so easy to clown on Westbrook and the passes he had. He had a couple bad ones last night, for sure. I think he had six turnovers last night. Man, he had a couple where he was getting inside the paint and dishing. I mean, he had some beautiful passes. He had one, just a laser inside Mm. for a score. His passing is there. I, I, I do think this Lakers run, he's gotten so much blame for where they are. As if it was his fault that they traded for. As every loss is on him. He definitely has shortcomings. I think the biggest thing is his decision making. Uh, If Westbrook could buy in and just be like, hey, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to get the paint touches. I'm going to try to attack. I'm going to set up my teammates. You can live with some of the other stuff. He's not going to be a perfect player. But unfortunately, there have been too many times you're watching him during a game. And maybe it's the Lakers environment where he's taking bad shots. When you're a 29% three-point shooter, you do not take four threes a game. You don't because you hurt your team and you're letting the other team off the hook. Find Play to your strengths. That's my Dude, thing with Westbrook. We just had Howard back on, and he even talked a little bit about Carmelo Anthony and how he understood he needed to adjust his game um, to find his role in his final years in the NBA. That is so Very important for players like Russell Westbrook, but Russell Westbrook has a different mindset. And some people think that's a strong mindset. They're like, oh no, he's only got one track mind and that's, he's the best. And that's the type of mindset you need to have. No, 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 no. Let's reel that on back. In fact, it's better to grow and evolve as a person by changing, altering your mindset. It's Taking, hard to you know, do. It's easier said it, than done, I think, I especially know, when you've won MVPs in this league. But that's what real mental strength is, yeah. is when you're capable of altering that mindset. And he's not going to do that in yeah, the I, last few years of his career. I just would not. That would not be the move I would be looking at. We'll find nope. out if the Kings make anything. Kessler Edwards, who they traded for yesterday, has joined the team in Houston, their final game of a seven-game road trip tonight. By the way, Morgan is in San Francisco right now because she's hosting uh, the studio show, uh, Kings pre- and post-game on NBC Sports California with Matt Barnes, so that's why she's not in studio with me today. Um, and that's why she sounds differently. That's right. You sound a little different today, and it's okay. 
really, in my ears, I sound great. You, it doesn't sound bad, though. I mean, it sounds okay. like, yeah, you just don't have the same sound as me. Uh, Kings and Rockets today, are you concerned at all about this mm-hmm. game? Be real. These three, these two teams have played three times this year. The Kings have won by 20-plus points in all three games. It is the last game of a road trip. It's the day before the trade deadline. And you're missing one key piece. Oh, Steven Silas getting mad at his team. Yes. I felt bad I for him know. yesterday, but I keep watching that clip, and it it was kind of a funny, like, oh, rant. He was, I felt bad for I I could feel bad for him while at the same time acknowledging it was kind of a cringe clip. Wait, wait, why is that? I'm, wait, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Why is that cringe okay. that he was getting on his guys? Let's, let me play game? it for you. Let me play it for you right now. Here's Steven Silas after his team. In back-to-back games, one game gave up 153 to OKC, the next game giving up 140 to the Kings. They're not giving the effort on the defensive end. They're not getting after it like they're supposed to. They're not getting into their man and fighting over and helping each other. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. And then he got off, got up and walked away. Yeah, so what's oh, – yeah, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? I, I agree with you here. Chris, no, no. What, what Why you, are both of you acting like this? Chris, what, what do you think about his – I know you can't even call it a rant. I mean, it was just it like a – feels like a guy acting in like the after-school show with the <laughs> Kings – like with the, with the basketball team. And like he got just, hired to be a coach? Unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. I don't like either one of you, and I think Steven Silas's um, post-game presser is going to get his guys fired up. Uh, and <laughs> if it doesn't, then they're hopeless. They are absolutely hopeless. Can we for just the rest be clear? This isn't like the first time this Rockets team has given up a lot of points. So, like, you're thinking a rant before the trade deadline with the All Star break almost here is going to change something for this group that has won literally 13 games this year. Juice. Not change something for this team and light a fire under their ass for the rest of the season, but for tonight's game against a team that they just played, um, what they've seen this King squad lose to some under 500 teams this season. You want to see you want an insane stat right now? Sure. So they have allowed 131 or more this season six times. Two, three, four, five, six, six times. Where where are they? Are they the worst team defensively? They're near the bottom. But hear me out. Near They've the allowed bottom. it six times. Okay. Three of those times against the Kings. Half of them. Half of the time they've given up 131 or more have been against the Kings. The Kings, oh my God. That is crazy. The Kings have put up 135 on them, 139, and then 140 last game. I wouldn't be talking oh, no. like this. So 145 I, yeah. tonight, right? You know what's good? If the Kings lose tonight, it's we're gonna be talking about the deadline anyway, so it's not gonna matter, right? No, we're gonna. Are be you worried about that you. they're gonna lose tonight? I'm not. I'm not necessarily worried, but I think it's funny whenever we, as even Kings fans and people that cover the team, think. They, they got to get this win. They're, yeah. they're going to get this win. I, I don't think you should just look at it like that. It is the last game of the road trip. And we've seen this team look really bad. And until they have a full year of consistency proving to me that they are a good team, until they have a year that they make it into the postseason, then I'll believe that games like this, if they okay. lose, 
What? Here's my thing with when we talk about the NBA sometimes. Why is it that it's always, hey, final game of a road trip, and then the first game back from a long road trip? It's like, no, this is a bad team. You just beat them by 20 the other night. Just you, you go win by 20 again. In fact, what I said, my big challenge for this team today, we better not, they better not score 120. They better not have a 40 point quarter against the Kings. Kings need to hold them under 30 in every quarter in this game. I hope so. Question Do you think we see Rashawn Holmes play tonight? No. Hmm. I mean, he didn't play last game. I know. I don't know. Who knows what else could happen in the next, before the end of the show? Who knows? Maybe the Kings make another trade. Oh, Deuce is pushing that energy out there. I mean, it's to the point now that you don't know what to expect. I think we're, there's so many rumors out there involving teams around the NBA, the three-team deal we've been talking about with the Lakers and the Jazz and the T-Wolves. I, I feel like that motivates you a little bit. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say that like your move should be dictated on what other teams are doing, but at the same time, you know where the Kings stand. We can talk about the number three seed, but I don't even like mentioning number three. I'm more focused on how far back are teams. The Kings, yep. they, if things went bad after the All-Star break, they could find themselves in the play-in. They could be the 10th yeah. spot because the gap isn't that large. So they have to make sure not only are they doing things internally just with the guys on the roster, but also with the front office of, okay, we have to be aggressive in finding ways to improve this team. And if the Lakers are getting better potentially today, Minnesota's looking different. Who knows what can happen? We'll talk more about this. We got our final segment coming up. We got Cal's and Rami at two as well. Oh, it's flying by. It's Deuce and on Sacktown Sports. Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. You can go on the Sacktown Sports app later today, also on the YouTube page, and check out Howard Beck, who joined us on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. It's Deuce Mason, Morgan Ray, Gray, what's your name? Reagan? Reagan, Reagan? thank you. Morgan Reagan. Okay. <laughs> Morgan Reagan. Okay. You only work with her like three times a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. She's not here today, so she doesn't exist. She's in San Francisco. Uh, the other voice you hear, Rami from Cal's and Rami, they are on live today at 2 p.m. Yes, sir. A question for you. Yes. Because, you know, Sacramento is such an NBA market. Mm-hmm. I get sucked into it sometimes. It yeah. is Super Bowl week. Do you get excited for Super Bowl week talk, or is it? are you more like – Talk to me like Thursday, Friday before the game. Yeah, I don't I'm, need to be breaking it down Monday. I mean, I can, I can, I can watch the coverage yeah, yeah. all week. I don't want to do the coverage yeah. all. I don't want to start talking about it till Thursday or Friday because I get bored of myself. You yeah. know, what I, it's not that I get bored of all the Super Bowl coverage. I get bored of myself talking about Super Bowl if I do it for like five, six, seven straight days. Unless it's you know the team that. We, if it was the Niners, yes, I agree. Talking rate, talking Super Bowl every day for like the majority of the show, right, would make sense. But when it's two out of town teams, no, we can do it on Thursday or Friday. And quite frankly, the thing I get most excited about when it comes to the Super Bowl is just eating, just all the food Ooh, I'm gonna yeah. make. Are you making a lot eat. of food? Oh, oh yeah. Are you making? or Are you like? No, I'm I'm making. So what's your Mac number one thing that Mac you and make? Cheese. Uh, I don't Mac think and cheese. I don't think I'm going to make the Maclaw and cheese this time. Uh, Why? I think there's going to be. I like to go with the theme of the teams that are playing. 
Oh, see what I'm okay, saying here? Okay. So Philly so cheese barbecue and garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That was Christopher Lyle, yes. ladies and gentlemen, not Rami Makhlouf. Philly cheesesteak sliders are going down. Okay. And wow. uh, some barbecue ribs are oh going my down. God, you actually you do and, it big. Yes, I do. And then I'll, there will also be uh, some buffalo chicken dip and some guacamole and various things to dip in those um, things. Yes. Excuse me, what will be the sugar, the dessert? Um, Ooh, great question. That, that is Thank a great you. question. Uh, and that's why I bought a box of Brookie Mix, which is half brownie. Half cookie, Ooh. and there's ice cream in the fridge in the freezer, ladies and gentlemen. So I guess we're all going to Rami's house on Sunday. He, he gets Rami? a knock in the door. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> what is the uh, Kessler Edwards? Of the the amuse bouche. Um, the amuse bouche. But if by that you mean the uh, the beverage, uh, no. For, no. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna. Well, I'm gonna tell you what the beverage will be, anyways. For me, three thirty is. I'm. I'm used to the NFL, like the NFL day starting at noon, yeah, like yeah. on a regular Sunday, because I grew up in the Midwest. So these early kickoffs are weird for me. And a 3.30 kickoff for the Super Bowl is super weird for me. So we're going to have a good daytime drink, Bloody Marys. There will be oh. Bloody Marys being served as uh, the game is kicking <laughs> off at 3.30. Well, actually, pregame. We'll I mean, pregame with some Bloody Marys. You, you so, honestly, wait. Morgan, doesn't he sound like he's having the best like party ever? I was going to say, wait, he did. we did all hear him invite the entire station, correct? <laughs> Who would you not want at the party? Great question. From the staff? Yeah. Um, who would I Fra- not oh, no, Frankie, want? No, Frankie or Cattles? Frankie or Cattles? Actually, the bigger no, question. No, you have to have both there. If you had to, like, would you, like, invite the new boss or would you be like, I don't really know him? No, you'd. Ha- if I was inviting people, yeah. which I'm not. Uh, if I was inviting people. <laughs> he, he winked at me because I'm going. Uh, I'd, yeah, no, you have to invite the new boss, wouldn't you? I mean, I'd want to invite the new boss, know. wouldn't you? I need yeah. to like hang out with him a bit before I invite I'm him over. I'm 90% sure the new boss is listening right now. Oh, Hi, new yeah. boss. Oh, yeah. oh no, oh, we, I, we yeah. all know Brian. Then, then it would be my absolute pleasure to invite <laughs> our new boss, Brian Med. Of course. Of course I'd want to invite our new boss. And you would have no. Here's the thing, you guys. You'd have to. You can't leave anyone out. I don't care if right. it was at Nick Cattle's house and he doesn't like Frankie. He can't not invite Frankie. And Frankie, the same thing. Okay. It just- no, no, no. I'm a hundred percent not inviting Cattle's because he's gonna come in with like spray. He's gonna be trying to wipe down my counters. Hey, he's going to come in. Clean. I, I, I'm like, I, clean. My house is yeah. clean. I don't need you trying to clean it ahead of time. It's going to be cleaner when Cattle's left than when you showed up. You yeah, know, yeah. I have to clean up That's after true. a party. He can come at the it's end. It's going to be cleaner than when it started. <laughs> he can come in the end and clean. Like, uh, yeah, come on over at fourth quarter and you can clean up the mess. <laughs> uh, Kings and Rockets tonight. Kings this and is... Rockets tonight. How are we feeling about this game? Morgan was trying to present, okay. like, hey, you know, Stephen Silas might have motivated his guys. Mm, okay. No, they're not a very they're not a very good team. And don't don't take this too literally when I say what I'm about to say. Oh, I can't wait. It's kind of a must win. You can't come back on this road trip three and four, right? On this road trip with the teams that you had on the schedule. Just to be clear, kind of a must win. Kind of a must okay, win. Okay. Kind of All a right. must win. Oh, you're loco, <laughs> just, man. Just on the basis of you got to come back from this with a winning road trip, right? I wanted five and two. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think, and really quick, Deuce, I think that's fair because there's the category of must win, then there's kind of must win, and then there's like just a game, right? Right. And so this is more in that kind of must win because this team wants to be defined as a good team in this league. It's these road trips that you have to do well on. It's these games, the final game of a road trip against a losing team, against a 13-win team, Mm -hmm. that you have to make sure that if you want to be defined as a good team – gotta win it i'm with you but i am still a little nervous you're always nervous so <laughs> you're always nervous. I'm not even... i've already come to learn that yeah. about mo is that there's no matter how confident she sounds it'll always end with but i'm still a little nervous just yeah. a little bit nervous so rummy were you super into the lebron chase yesterday were you into the game did you get captured by the I emotions was, of it? i wasn't watching live wow um, you <laughs> so you were not into it at all <laughs> no i what mean were you watching last night what was i watch i was watching uh arrested development me and the Watching a, a new new show. Oh wait, it's been out for like a decade, and I've seen. I've already gone through the whole series like three times. I don't know. We just rediscovered it. We were both really enjoying it. So. LeBron said. He said, "No, LeBron's history doesn't matter. I'm watching Arrested Development. Well, knew, Michael Sarah kills it. I knew he was gonna do it, and yeah. so I just treated it like an awards yeah. show acceptance speech. Like it's. I'll see it later on on Twitter. You know what I mean? I'll catch the highlights, and yeah. I did. I turned on Sports Center after we after my girl went to bed and I had the TV to myself. I was like, ah, let's see what happened to LeBron. And there it was. I saw everything. I saw everything you saw and I experienced it for the first time just like you did, just a couple hours yeah. later. And, and let's be honest, Arrested Development's a great show. It's a great it's show. Great show. It's a great show. You can't deny it. And every time you watch it, you find new jokes. You know yeah. what I mean? You find new jokes every every time you watch it. By the way, I know you've done stand-up comedy. I do, yeah. Have you done anything in Sacramento yet? Yeah, you- I, uh, I did. Uh, well, I've done some open mics and things like oh, that. Nice. But I did a night at the Punchline. I Are you serious? Did a guest set for Jay Moore when he was here. Dude, did you promote how would this? You tell us? Yeah, why don't you tell people about this? That's a I big did, deal. I think I brought it up. I didn't. I don't like to. I don't like to. Okay, over, I believe you brought I hate it up, but like you weren't you. like one hundred percent. No, no. Like, no sure, that's sure. the other thing. That's the other thing. Was I was waiting for confirmation till like mm. uh, Friday that this was actually that this was actually happening, and I could say it was happening. Okay, so that was that was also part of the. You need the to promote problems. yourself. I, w- I yeah. will. Yeah. need to promote I'll it. Try to do a better job. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. Well, well, I want us to come see one. But it went well. I was just saying we can support it. Too, yeah, you know? dude. Seriously. Anyway, okay. I appreciate uh, well, that's that. good to know. Kettles and Rami coming up at two. Uh, what can we expect today? Uh, today we have a new scale to draw your interest in potential trade targets. Ooh. We have invented a new scale to measure your interest in trade targets. We'll talk about that. We got to talk about LeBron, obviously, and also what we think will happen between now and the trade deadline. And we'll take you right up to uh, coverage of Kings and Rockets and talk about that game as well. Well, stay tuned. Do not go anywhere. You can watch it live. YouTube.com slash Sports 1140. We love you guys, but we gots to go.